Oh, no. What happened? Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Thursday, September 29, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 343. This is No Agenda. Adding the final dabs of glue to my homemade drone here at the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where I'm telling you, it's going to be boiling hot today. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Not here, my friend. SoCal is fogged in. Well, yeah. I think it's going to be our last day of heat. <laughs> yeah, it was beautiful when I was there last week. It was really nice. Was well, to- this is, no, this is hot, like literally hot. Oh, oh I feel so it's horrible It's not actually nice. You. Okay. Hey, in the morning to you, John. In the morning to you, Adam Curry, and all ships at sea and boots on the ground and feet in the air. Yes, and ankles in the straps. And, of course, let's not forget our human resources who are all charged up, ready to go in the chat room at noagendachat.net, noagendastream.com. Very nice to see all of you there. Um, hundreds and hundreds of people listening live. That's great. And uh, this is the No Agenda Show, the best podcast in the universe. That's what everybody keeps telling us. And uh, boy, oh boy, we were just talking before the show, and uh, I see that John has uh, a clip of Palooza lined up. I also have a ton of clips, and it's very, very obvious why this happens. Is uh, it was nonstop Michael Jackson news everywhere? So there was, yeah, there was, there was a lot of that. But the story that got my attention is this this lone wolf story. Oh boy, I've deconstructed it actually. Well, I'd like you to do that, but let's go over the story first, and let me just tell you what, I, I don't even know, to me, it's like, it's so stupid. <laughs> well, I, I, I have a I have a couple clips, to, and actually this was my lead story, uh, because we were so expertly set up for this, so expertly set up, and I actually had How's to, that? How do you see we were ex- expertly set up? I don't think this story is even catching on. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it is. I mean, it's, it's a problematic like, because the Michael Jackson look, stuff if, is live and, uh, you know, the keep, you know, people are more interested in that. But, yeah, we... we what? Uh, <laughs> what? Have you looked at these... This guy... I don't know who... <laughs> He's not guy, real. That's a Facebook photo they found somewhere and they just... No, 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 I'm not talking about in. that. I'm talking about these airplanes. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. They have a picture of the guy behind a drum kit... And they pulled it from Facebook. No, I'm talking about the air, the model plane. Yes, I know. And they have a picture of the guy who was set up by the FBI. Well, I, I'm not concerned about that. I'm. I, I have right. some. Reuters right. has outstanding photos of these planes. All right, hold on. I would on. like you to All explain right. yes. to me as the aviator yes. how these things are supposed to get off the ground. Okay. First of all, let me tell you how we were set up. And I and I went to the show notes and I went back to August eighth, eighth, two thousand eleven. Perfect. Two months ago, do you remember the story, John, of the uh, the hacker conference in Vegas when these two shills who uh, work for a government contractor came out and said, it's so easy to build your own drone at home. Do you remember this? It was called WASP, the Wireless Aerial Surveillance Platform. Remember this at the Black Hat Computer Security Conference? Come on, Go tell on. me. Hold on, this is not impressing me. Okay. So this was where it all started. This where this is where it, the seed was planted in your mind, and it was everywhere. Everyone was talking about, ooh, the, wow, you, it's so easy to build a drone, build a drone, it's so easy to build a drone. And then we have uh, 60 Minutes earlier this week, 60 Minutes, where they talked to the uh, to Kelly, the police commissioner of the New York, uh, well, it's, they call it police department, but it's actually, um, it's, uh, it's actually an army 
a, f- a full army. Here's a little quote from him. Are you satisfied that you've dealt with threats from aircraft, even light planes, model planes, that kind of thing? There you go. He goes on to say that uh, he can, well, I'll tell you what he says, but light, light planes, model airplanes. That was, it's all a setup. It's a complete setup for this. He'll just listen to 30 seconds of his answer because apparently he has all kinds of capability. Well, it's something that's on our radar screen. I mean, in an extreme situation, we would have some means to take down a plane. Do you mean to say that the NYPD has the means to take down an aircraft? Yes, I prefer not to get into the details, but obviously this would be in a very extreme situation. You have the equipment and the training? Ah, yes. Yes, I got everything I need. Now, we have to listen to the report from the compromised mainstream media news sources to actually pull apart what this is about. And as an aviator, I'm, ha- I'm not an, a remote control uh, aviator. I'm not a hobbyist, but I did, of course, do the logical thing, which is go look at the specifications of said airplanes. Um, and there's uh, two kinds. The, the pictures that were shown uh, were kind, kind of got mixed up. There's the $5,000 um, carbon uh, fiber version. Which, uh, these things can go like 200 miles an hour. So they have a real jet engine in it. And then they have the styrofoam model, which <laughs> which some stations were showing the styrofoam model, which does probably about 30 miles an hour. <laughs> and you can't do much with it. If, it, if you split it against the Pentagon, it would be well, <laughs> it just splat into a little piece of styrofoam poop. Uh, but we have to listen to the report to really pick it apart because the wording is fantastic. 26-year-old Rezwan Furtis went by the name Bollywood when he played in a Massachusetts band. Bam. But U.S. officials say the drummer is also a self-radicalized jihadist, intent on attacking Americans in the U.S. and overseas. Curtis was arrested this morning and now faces charges of plotting attacks and supporting a foreign terrorist organization. Curtis was arrested after he bought what he believed to be 25 pounds of plastic explosives, three grenades, and six automatic assault rifles from undercover FBI agents Posing as Al-Qaeda operatives. I like that. The uh, undercover FBI agents posing as Al-Qaeda operatives, which is, by the way, it's their moonlight job anyway. Over the past nine months, agents recorded multiple conversations in which Furtis laid out plans for an aerial attack. He bought one small drone aircraft. Okay. Right there is where the, the big lies start to come in. It is not a drone aircraft. It's a model airplane. And if you, if, I'm sure people have looked all over the web now, hopefully, for the F-86 that was depicted. Uh, you can buy these. It's a kit, and it's uh, you have to put it together yourself. It's got a real turbine engine, and uh, it's, uh, it is about one uh, six-scale model. And it's not a drone, okay? It's not a drone. Drone is something completely different. It's a model airplane where you basically have to see this thing to be able to fly it. And plan to buy others which he then allegedly hoped to fill with explosives and fly into the Pentagon and the U.S. Capitol from this Washington park along the Potomac River. Okay, couple of problems. Are you still with me, John? Yeah, I'm listening. Couple of problems. Fill it with explosives. Now, they were talking about 25 pounds of C4. Um, I doubt you could even put four pounds of C4, uh, uh, according to the specs that I'm reading. It seems unlikely you can put anything. Those things are designed to run with zero additional weight. Exactly. Uh, besides that, you kind of have to see it to be able to steer it. 
Um, I've looked all over the hobbyist forums. and uh, Yeah, there's no cameras in these things. No, uh, but also people have tried to fly it, uh, you know, with automatic GPS, so the GPS will then uh, basically make it fly a certain route and come back. And uh, I have not been able to find any successful attempts of, uh, of such an event. Uh, moreover, C4 is very stable explosives. Uh, C4 doesn't, you know, you can throw that against the wall. It's not just going to explode. So it'd have to have some form of detonator. And well, it, they had they have changed the story. Ah, okay, good. What what have you heard of? In they the had change? the original story was he was just going to let it crash into the Pentagon, and the entire Pentagon somehow was going to blow up <laughs> from a mere twenty four pounds of uh, C four. I don't know if he knows how big the Pentagon is. <laughs> well, he took uh, pictures of it. The bastard, that lone wolf, self radicalized, horrible man. They changed the story, and the later reports from Reuters. Uh, now he had uh, had designed a cell phone triggering mechanism that was supposedly tested yeah. in Afghanistan yeah. and killed four soldiers. Yeah, whereby he commented that this is great. There's more. To, there's more to this story. He traveled to Washington to do surveillance, Woo! snapping this picture of the Pentagon. That's called being a tourist, by the way. If you <laughs> now being a tourist taking pictures in Washington is called doing surveillance. Official stress at no time was Furtis outside the control of his undercover handlers. Love that phrase, handlers. Now, what what do we always understand a handler to be? A CIA guy. Yeah, but a handler is someone who actually... Who tells you what to do. Yes, manages you, exactly. And these, I believe, the way the report goes, are the, uh, the, the government's words. So in that sense, he presented no actual danger. But he repeatedly told the agents that he was driven to kill Americans, which he called enemies of Allah. He told the undercovers, quote, I just can't stop. There is no other choice for me. Furtis, a U.S. citizen, has a college degree in physics and apparently some proficiency when it comes to building explosive devices. <laughs> We're told in the course of the investigation, officials say he converted eight cell phones into detonators, which he thought were being used to trigger IEDs against U.S. soldiers serving in Iraq. Bob, I wonder... Since the FBI agents supplied the weapons as part of the sting operation, what are the chances that Furtis will claim that he was entrapped? Yes. Well, he's going to try, Scott, but the agents say that over a period of months, they gave him multiple opportunities to back out. Oh, every here we time go they, again. Yeah, now listen to this. Listen to what, they, uh, what, what their back out opportunity was. They would say, hey, you might kill innocents. <laughs> he was intent on going forward saying he didn't care. He saw it as his duty. Thank you, Bob. Hey, you know, you might want to stop because you might, like, kill people. <laughs> So did you, uh, one of the things I did is I went to Willow and looked at the guy's house. Oh, really? Okay, cool. Yeah. He actually lives on 22 Coburn Street yeah. in Ashland, Massachusetts, and people can look it up for themselves. He lives in a $560,000 uh, pretty big place nice. that is uh, nice. in the mid, in an area that's very heavily, it's a beautiful area, wooded, it's probably the prices of housing is not that great there, and it it's probably a million-dollar mansion anyplace else. It makes no sense to me that coming out of this, this situation, and all the pictures taken of these jets seem to be taken in some sort of a suburban environment, not near his house, which is very, yes. is, you can see what I'm, when you and, see. And, the and by the way, uh, notice the subtle Playboy uh, advertising on one of these jets with the Playboy, the Playboy bunny on the, tail. on the tail. That's because the, that Playboy new TV series isn't doing too well. They need but some, you find uh, me a spec of, a, of that jet. I have the spec. I have the spec. It's, you can okay, find well, the, give, us, give me what's the wingspan, what's the length, because this thing is huge. Now, th they are about that size. Uh, I, I don't know. I've looked at all the yeah, ones, yeah. all the YouTube yeah, yeah. videos of those things flying, and they're not that big. 
well, this is because you're seeing the picture of the uh, styrofoam version. Because you're right. The ones that the, the jets that, that are the carbon fiber that fly 200 miles an hour are not that big. The styrofoam ones are that big, and they basically have like a kind of a, a, a ram air duct type engine system in it. You the can thing f- is the size of a small car. Look at the car next I know, to it. You I, see- no, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing. I'm only saying that this is, uh, they're showing you a model that looks really big, but one that actually can't do the job even if it was possible. The smaller ones are the ones that could maybe do it. But then again, you can't pack 25 pounds of C4 into them. The whole thing is clearly a ruse. They have one guy who comes out and says, yeah, you know, he lived with me, but I'm not going to vilify him. Uh, so, you know, he just we lived together for a few years. He's my roommate. And then he went on his merry way. That's all I'm going to say. Nothing. And by the way, they don't talk to any remote control hobbyists or any about any any of the real possibilities of this happening. Is it a complete setup? A setup to get more control, more of the uh, army uh, or the uh, U.S. military drones in the skies, so we can protect against these crazy homemade drones. This is the meme: homemade drones. And the whole thing this is bogus. It's homemade. It's been engineered by somebody. No, no, it, it's a kit. You buy the kit. <laughs> I have it. It's all in the show notes. I've got the links to the kit site and everything. It's about five thousand dollars. You have to put it together yourself. Uh, it literally, there's no mention of all about a payload because it can't really carry a payload. Um, but the carbon fiber ones can can get up to you know about two two hundred miles an hour. The one you're seeing. The styrofoam one, that's a kit for about $400. It's totally bogus. The whole thing from beginning to end is bogus. And I I don't think this guy is even real. They just pulled some it, Facebook picture, some grainy picture of some yeah, dude I behind know, it drums. doesn't make any lot of sense. And then this house he lives in doesn't make any sense either. No. Also, um, what is the deal with the... He's also supposed to have six buddies. They're all going to grab AK-47 <laughs> for some... <laughs> yeah, this, this is really smart. Yeah, this will work. <laughs> and do what? We're going to attack. Can't, you know, I think they need to, you know, the, the pen, whoever's behind this bull, bull crap, they need to get better writers. I mean, this is not even remotely believable. And what they'll I mean, do. It just sounds like the right ravings of a lunatic. Oh, we're going to, I'm going to, first I'm going to blow up the Pentagon with 25 pounds of explosives, which seems highly unlikely. And C4, by the way, is not that much more explosive than TNT and 25 And it doesn't blow up on content. You can shoot into C4 and it won't blow up. Yeah. We've got him covered. But then, then he's going to do what? Take over the place with six guys and AK-47s? And a flag. <laughs> That's all he needs. And a grenade, a couple of grenades. <laughs> and, and, a, and a rubber knife and a compass. And What's the guy's thinking? all I mean, set. I mean, this is the, this, does anyone believe this? This scenario? Yes, of course. I was no. no. Listen, I was at the dentist office yesterday to get the. You know, I had the temporary crown in, and uh, oh, yeah. and so Doctor G is going to put the real one in. Oh, by the way, just as a side note, so he comes in. He's an e- Egyptian. I'm having a great chat with him. We're talking about the CIA. You know, I'm laying my total smack on him. The guy says, "Okay, let's do this." He 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 opens my mouth. He goes in with his, uh, f- you know, forcep, whatever the, it is, to pull out the temporary, and he starts tugging on the wrong side. I'm like, look, 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 look. I said, dude, it's the other one. It's on the other side of my mouth. He said, oh, yeah. yeah, I got distracted. Great. Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, but I'm sitting in the waiting room, and there's uh, 
two or three people there, and they have Fox News on in the in the waiting room. And this report comes through, and people were literally, John, verbally going, "Oh wow, no way." These are stupid and these it's idiots, <laughs> literally. And, and and I was biting my tongue. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say. It. I'm not going to say anything. Then they're going, oh, and went, and they showed the planes. Oh my God, what's this country coming to? Oh my God, it's horrible. It's just yeah. So the answer to your question is yes. People are stupid and they do believe it. And here's how it works. Just like the underpants bomber. They're going to figure out some way later, and if that guy is real too, I'm. I don't know if any of these guys are real. If they exist, I've never Where's seen him do mugshot? a Never seen him do a perp walk. Where's well, his mugshot? Yeah. Now we don't. We have a drum shot. <laughs> we got a drum shot of the of the drone bomber. And by and here's another issue. If his name is Bollywood, that indicates <laughs> he's that he's Indian. an Indian. Indian. Yeah. So how many Indian Al Qaeda, uh, uh, whoever, whatever he's supposed to. There's How many of, Indians are there in that involved that, that level? Not, I mean, there are he's, Muslims, but they're not a bunch. Not, of, they're not like no, this is self radicalized. No. So here's how it'll work: in a year I, or I two, think somebody fucked up with the with the Bollywood thing. By the way, that's possible. In a year or two, we're going to hear a very similar report to what I have here about the underpants bomber. Listen to how they're going to try this guy in court. What they're going to how they're going to taint the jury influence them uh, uh, about this horrible crime, which I guess wasn't even committed. And the guy just burned his, his dick. Thank you. The man prosecutors say tried to blow up that Detroit-bound jet with explosive underpants is back in court again. And of course, prosecutors say back on Christmas Day of 2009, the suspect tried to ignite this bomb thing down in his undies on a flight from the Amsterdam. Officials say it could have killed close to 300 people on board if he'd had a clue and it had exploded. Prosecutors say they want to show a demonstration video to help prove it. Mike Tobin's live in Chicago. Mike, this is about whether he, they should be able to show a video of what might have happened but didn't happen, right? Right, and now the judge is going to allow that evidence. The jury's going to see a right. model of yeah. what the underwear bomb looked like uh, before that uh, unsuccessful death. So not going to show the actual underwear bomb. He's going to show a model of the underwear bomb. nation that only succeeded in burning Umar Farouk Abdul-Muttalib. And then what you were talking about, they're going to see uh, a model of the bomb and show what it will look like on video if indeed it was an entirely successful detonation. <laughs> not only that, the jury is going to get a look at what's often called the martyr video or shaheed video what a bomber will make before he sets off on a mission and what's interesting is abdul mutalab argued that the jury shouldn't see that video because non-muslims wouldn't be able to understand it and there's one more video that was produced by al-qaeda by the way al-qaeda is now producing half of this season's abc lineup did you know that they are the uh, they're the new chuck lorry of uh, television seems so yeah al-qaeda is uh, is producing it shows how abdul mutalab was able to circumvent Western security, the jury's going to see that as well, Chef. Oh, man. It's a crime. It's pre-crime. So here's a question I so have wait, for wait, you. Wait, hold on a second. By this logic, that means that now uh, when somebody is uh, accused of armed robbery, they can show a picture of what had happened if they had actually shot everybody in the room. Yeah, no, they'll show uh, Ocean's Eleven, and they'll so hand out happened? popcorn. You, yeah, <laughs> it's like, here's what could have happened. Here's what, here's what, what the plan was. And now, now Find please, him guilty of murder. <laughs> he looks like George Clooney. I, I understand that. No, that's exactly the way it's going to go. But here's my question. Why is it that we have this court case of the underpants bomber? The uh, the guy is you know 
was going to blow everything up. And we have no live cameras in the courtroom, yet we have 24-7 live coverage of Michael Jackson's doctor's trial. Why is that? Why do you think? Welcome to the Matrix. It's, it's, this past week was beautiful. I mean, the KTLA morning show, which I watch for the happy puppy news, and Mark Christie with his weather report, which is rarely right, they would stop at 8.15. He said, uh, uh, that's it for our morning show. We're going to go live to the Michael Jackson trial. It's just just unbelievable. And everyone in this town, in this douchebag town, that's all they talk about. Like, oh, did you hear that audio of Michael Jackson slurring? (laughs) It was pretty funny. (laughs) I actually tried to speed it up, see if it was like spun down or something. And that didn't work out too well. No. Uh, but I, I I had my doubts about that. But you change pitches. Yeah, but it may have been a pitch pitch and speed change. Yeah, and there seems to be a lot of people who happen to have screenshots of their iPhone and videotaping their iPhone and recordings on their iPhone. What is this, an iPhone 5 preamble? It's just, it's just nuts. And there is yeah. actual stuff going on in the world. So I wonder what the movie is with the guy and these models. There's got to be some movie coming out with a lone wolf going <laughs> to... Yeah, with model jets. Well, no, yeah, no, that is. It's, um, hold on a second. I have it right here. It's the TV series. And the TV series is, I, I, uh, I didn't clip it because there's not much to hear. Uh, Nikita. Here we go. Oh, yeah, Nikita's supposed to be, I haven't seen it, but it's supposed, this season's supposed to be loaded with the no agenda. Drones. Memes. Yeah, they got drones. Here, here's the, here's the YouTube video. You can, you can kind of hear it. This is, uh, one of our producers actually went through the trouble of clipping this, of, uh, of getting this video and putting it up on YouTube for us. Incoming! Co- incoming! The drones are coming in. Shoom. And they're shooting at the drones. The drones are shooting back and winning. <laughs> Take that, you terrorists. We're droning you. They blew up the propane tanks. Drones. Yeah, oh, they just flew under a bridge. And they, whoa, they did an impossible maneuver there. They're dropping uh, smoke bombs, tear gas, sleeping gas, apparently. Yes. Drones. Drone Nation. Nikita, that's the big promo. So, uh, all right, so we know this is bull crap. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. Now, there's an interesting story in today's, this morning's New York Times in the international section on A6. And which is, just seems like some sort of a intelligence plant. And we've got a new name, a new guy to follow. Oh, good. I'm sure you haven't gotten this guy's name. The, the, the title of the story is, Even Al-Qaeda is Criticizing Iran's President Over 9-11 Claim. <laughs> this is the best story ever. <laughs> like, hey, you should look hey, up David hey. Goodman and see what else he's done. But it goes on and on about Al-Qaeda publications. Yeah, and all yeah. these, Al-Qaeda PR, a subdivision of Hoyland the new, the new, uh, All the new crap that they're doing. I have graphics heavy, so they get some, I guess uh, they're using Ogilvy or somebody to do their um, PowerPoint. layouts. Their PowerPoint. Another article said to be written by Osama bin Laden before his death was more characteristic of the Qaeda publication, which is believed to be the work of Saudi-born, here here we go, Saudi-born American Uh Samir Khan, who moved to Yemen in 2009. So we got Yemen, Saudi Saudi Arabia, Arabia, American, and some guy we never heard of. And Lone Wolf. And, And a lot of PowerPoint. Yeah, so no, this it's, guy, it's I, fantastic. My prediction is this guy's name will start cropping up in the next month or so. Of course. Uh, we Just like we predicted uh, Hakana, which was getting a lot of PR. 
they're now top of the list with uh, with some. Uh, I don't know if you've been following that, but uh, Admiral Mullen said, "Hey, these guys, uh, they're uh, terrorists. They got links to Pakistan." And then the White House is going, "Oh, shh, 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 Ixnay and the Pakistani pay, dude. Don't say that yet. It's not time." Yeah, it's just it's it's crazy. The net is closing in around us while we're being well, not we, but while we're being distracted by Michael Jackson gibber. The guy's dead, okay? Dead. He was murdered. And that's all you can think about? Stupid douchebags. That n- well, that's not such a big deal up here. Oh, uh, okay. Well, it's a it's a real big deal. No, seriously. Here. In fact, I I picked up last night. Uh, because I think we should do a segment on the show if we have time, which seems unlikely, uh, of the Dvorak uh, or Curry Dvorak uh, media consulting firm. <laughs> yes. I have the four <laughs> teasers from the four major Hollywood shows. Oh. Uh, the Extra uh, being the best of the teasers, then Entertainment Tonight being the second best, and then the other two, which is Access Hollywood and well, why don't we uh, do, why don't, Well, hold on. Why don't we do that now? Because uh, th- 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 won't that help everyone understand how lucky they are to be listening to the best podcast in the world and not being distracted? Because no one, none of our listeners actually watch this crap. It's actually a service. I think this is a very good service <laughs> you've true. done here. Well, uh, we can do that. It's going to take a few minutes to go through these clips, but let me just get the, preface preface the, the, the for one preface the clips with the fact that I don't think Michael Jackson was mentioned on any one of the any one of these shows at all. Right. And these are the national shows. Right. Uh, they do have a slightly twisted look at everything. They they uh you have to remember Entertainment Tonight, which is the oldest of these shows, is all bought and paid for. So it's all it's serious selling movies, selling T V shows, selling, selling, selling. The other ones try to put in some some celebrity crap that is is not it's also paid for but it's not so much about television and movies it's sometimes just about you know the record business or just to keep people in the right. news well, these 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 so-called entertainment news programs are all about the promotion it's all about selling the new the new fall lineup and we if you want to go through them yeah, we sure. have uh, before we go to our producer segment yeah. let's start we you want to start with the worst and go to the best or you yeah, want to go with- sure sure well, the worst is a toss-up. <laughs> Access Hollywood and the Insider. Insider used to be good. I would say Access Hollywood right now is absolutely guys has the worst teaser. They could use the Curry Dvorak Media Group to help <laughs> them improve this because it is just no good. Okay, so uh, we'll handle this as the consult the Curry Dvorak uh, Media Consulting Group uh, as we are going through uh, how they need some uh, to work on their actual teasers. Here we go. Here we go. The highest attended funeral of all time, you know? (laughs) Charlie Sheen on men's record-breaking premiere. It's exclusive. I'm Billy Bush. So, is Charlie taking this like a man? It was a little bizarre watching it. J-Lo embraces the single life. Does this include a lap dance? Wow, well, I got to stop here. So first, we're promoting the new season of uh, um, of Two and a Half Men. Then we're promoting that stupid Fiat 500 car that J Lo has done the video for. So that's uh, the second commercial. 
a rare style showdown for Jennifer and Angelina. I'm Sean Robinson, plus Bieber's grand romantic... That's a showdown for Jennifer Angelina. That is to promote Brad Pitt's movie. ...suggester for Selena. Guys, do not let your girlfriend see this. I do feel confident to come back. Busted, then a breakdown. It's Misha Barton back from the brink. Jill Martin has her riveting cautionary tale of fame. You almost can't help but go a little nuts. I remember every single thing about that day. Nearly killed in Iraq and now dancing. J.R. Martinez gives Kit Hoover every extraordinary detail of his ordeal. My hand is burned and my arm is burned, but my wrist isn't. Yeah, that's actually quite interesting, the uh, Dancing with the Stars uh, veteran. Have you followed that at all, John? There, yeah, I have a little bit. I mean, the Dancing with the Stars promotion is ex- this year is absolutely extreme. Yeah. And uh, but they, I think they they have to go up against uh, two and a half men, if I'm not mistaken. So there's just like, who's no, 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 no. It comes on later. Comes on oh, later. Okay. No, but they've got you know Nancy Grace, that turd, they, who, whose tits showed the other day, and that's big news. She has an areola the size of a garbage can. Is this not okay? That She's got a waist insulting. the size of a, of a, of a garbage can <laughs> now, now, a now. garbage truck. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the end. So uh, Access Hollywood is uh, is not even doing a good job of promoting the things they're paid to promote. How about Insider? Is that next on your list? The Insider would be next on the list. And uh, by the way, I, you have to note that of all these shows, there's only two with actual celebrity uh, hosts. And one is this Billy Bush guy who's very uh, milk toasty. And then the top guy, which is on Extra, which is Mario Lopez, who yes. everybody talks about. And he's actually kind but of exciting. Don't, don't drag it out too long. Let's get through this segment quick. Okay? Sarah Palin's daughter Bristol striking back after her mother is called a devil. And much worse, we have her response. Plus, the weight wars behind the scenes on tonight's Dancing with the Stars. I'm Brooke Anderson. And I'm Kevin Frazier. The Insider is on. I'm bruised, I'm banged up, but I'm shrinking. We're doubling down. Nancy versus Ricky. Who could steal Kirstie's title of Dancing's Weight Loss Queen? It's dramatic. You know, I'm just like slimming down. Plus, the personal heartbreak that inspired Ricky to dance. My grandfather died of AIDS and... China Phillips vasectomy bet with husband Billy. Uh, you know what? I take it all back. I don't think I can do it. It's it's too painful. I don't think so, I can do so it. So there's a couple of things. Yeah, but you have to. You should have let that last part well, play I'll, just, I'll play. For, just right. for the purpose of the following. Okay. Baldwin, if I get the trophy, he gets the snip. Second, stop it. What kind of a woman? Did, did you hear what she said? Yeah, I said he gets the trophy and then I'll blow him. No, she. he has to have a vasectomy if she wins. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Is that sick? Yeah, the whole thing is sick. And But this, okay, Michael Jackson or not, this is what people are, consider news. This is what oh, they're watching. By the way, the bad. Bristol Palin thing at the beginning, they yeah. don't mention it. I thought it was very slick the way they did it. She's got a reality show coming up. Of course. Of course. Well, you know who else? And, and, and then we do have to get to our producers. You know, the most disgusting thing I saw when it comes to promotion this week this is the thing that really irked me and we we need to talk about it a bit more after our uh, after our producer thanks our credits this douchebag shows up on wall street who is promoting his latest book i'm glad that fox is here fox is here and you know what there is a god in heaven movie maker michael moore was delighted to see us and engage in a spirited debate over his anti-capitalist philosophy. And these people, and the people across this country, have no say in how our economic system is run. Is capitalism and good to you? 
No, capitalism has hurt. Capitalism destroyed my town, Flint, Michigan. No, I'm just talking about you personally, though. You personally? That's me personally. That's yeah. my town. Those are my family. That's oh, my friends. Crap. Yeah, listen People to this. Have suffered as a result of the greed from corporations. Like, you've earned a lot through capitalism, right? You know, I have actually done pretty decent because people come see my movies. Michael Moore says he hopes the day comes when he doesn't have to promote a new book or movie. I totally reject the system. That you've made a lot of yes. money. Yeah. You can give back all that money, right? A happy day for me when I... Uh, a happy day for me is when I'll be unemployed. Yeah, we'll all be dancing on your grave, Michael Moore. Okay, here's Douchebag. one. You guys, since you brought that up, you have to play this clip. Which is Michael Moore has tried to uh, co-op the Occupy Wall Street yes, thing. Yes, yes, for promoting his book, asshole. Yeah, to promote his book. But here, you've got to play, this was, this was done on Democracy Now!, which I have a number of clips from because it was so funny this week. But this ludicrous Occupy Wall Street story, uh, you probably haven't seen this. This is hilarious. The Occupy Wall Street protest in Lower Manhattan has entered its 11th day as hundreds of people continue to camp out just blocks from Wall Street. On Monday night, filmmaker Michael Moore visited the protest encampment. Police have barred the protesters from using any form of public address system at the encampment, so the crowd repeated Michael Moore's comments. Whatever you do, don't despair, because this is the hard part. You're in the hard part right now. Yeah, this was the thing that uh, because they're not allowed to use a PA system, they're, they're doing this repeat thing. And you know who else was down there co-opting the movement? Cornell West. Oh, that guy. So if you don't know who Cornell West is, he's uh, he's a professor, right? Is, is he a Harvard professor? He's the dumbest, seemingly dumbest <laughs> professor I've ever heard. He's always on Fox. Yeah, and yeah, he's, he's, I think he's Harvard. He's uh, And he's, a, he's an elitist. He is part of he's the a problem. total elitist. As far as I'm concerned. So he goes down and he does exactly the same thing. Feet will tremble in their boots. Feet will tremble in their boots. And we will send the message. And we will send the message. This is the U.S. fall. That this is the U.S. fall. This goes on for like two minutes. So, so here's the question. Yeah. What kind of protesters are these? If this is the cops, they can't. Why doesn't somebody just get a bullhorn in there and get arrested? What difference does it make? Okay. This I, is bull crap. I have a theory on this. And uh, so, first of all, it, it is, I truly believe that people are just uh, fed up, got no job, nothing better to do. Let's go down here and let's uh, start something. But of course, immediate and after we all bitched and moaned about mainstream coverage, well, be careful what you wish for because now it's you're getting all the mainstream coverage you want, and they're ridiculing the entire idea. It's stupid. They have no direction. Here's a CNN laughing about it. And that was another ironic moment there. Josh talking about uh, how he pretty much ditched his job, paid a $250 airline ticket to come to these protests. And a lot of these protesters are actually protesting the fact that they're college educated and they can't get jobs. Yet this guy left his job uh -huh. because he says that he believes in the cause. And, and, and we can understand that. So how many 
people did you talk to? I mean, we heard from three who, who didn't seem to have it all together, frankly, but there, there are plenty of others down there. I talked to a good amount of people. I also talked to... They didn't have it all together. Yeah. Now, of course they don't have it all together. Now, people, yeah. I, I, have, I have to make a call to arms here. This is pissing me off. You, by the way, I think you've nailed it. What? I think you've nailed it. This is the. It's not only be the co-option is all part of a of a, of a, of a, of a technique to slam yes. the whole thing it's, it's to make them look like a bunch of idiots, exactly. which is exactly what's going on. It's all part of the ridicule. Completely stupid. Fail. Capital F. Fail. This Occupy Wall Street. Here's what you need to do. And I'm calling out to my sys admins, uh, the uh, No Agenda Militia. If you want to make any type of statement, you need two things. First of all, you need branding. This is the Curry Consulting uh, Media Group. Curry Dvorak Consulting Media. Group group here and media consulting. media consulting the best branding we have which i like a lot is the v for vendetta face mask that's good because it's kind of scary you know everyone kind of gets it it's like oh, it's a faceless thing that's very good so these masks and by the way uh shout here to eric the shill i want to be selling these masks i want one myself i want a couple of them <laughs> we have to get on to the live shows. So when you have a live X Factor, when you have a live American Idol, when you have a live news shot, when you have a, um, a live result show for Dancing with the Stars, this is when you have to get in and you have to start making a presence. You don't have to say anything, just a presence. Next. Please, somebody, get me a transmitter. How hard can it be to stand next to a news truck and to beam into the signal? It can't be that hard. We've got tons of ham radio guys. This is not that difficult to do. We need to suppress the signal. We need to be jumping into live uh, live broadcasts. This is what has to happen. You've got to get to the Matrix, not on stupid Liberty Park being co-opted. It's idiotic. It's completely idiotic. It's completely and, idiotic. And I'm happy to write the scripts and produce the video. <laughs> it's completely idiotic. It's completely idiotic. You sound like stupid drones. You sound like stupid drones. This is really not a good idea. Here, here's how the Greeks do it. Hold on a second. Because uh, the Greeks, you know, they, they, they got their crap together now. Yeah. This is, uh, this happened on live TV. No wonder the Greek news presenter was looking nervous. His state TV bulletin was about to be sabotaged by students protesting a higher education reform. The program was promptly pulled off the air and the uninvited guests denied the chance to voice their grievances live on screen. But of course they did get in. It was scary because people find that very frightening when you break down that third wall and you see the news guy and you see him starting to sweat and he looks off to the left or the right and you see this whole crowd of people that gets attention that is scary you've got to break through that wall this is what has to happen i'm i'm all in i mean i'll produce videos audio i'll break in live i'll go down with my own news truck i just need a little bit of technology it's not all that hard and get in if you can sing get into get into the auditions go to the semifinals of x factor and then do it someone please not this this is so so, this is such a fail. Such yes, a fail. Told, it's getting worse by the day, too. It's, and it makes but us all look like idiots. the fact that they will have the guts to actually put up a PA system because the cops said not to. Yeah. That's the end of it. I mean, and then this, this idiotic, it sounds like you're, in, you're, you're being sworn into some public office with this repeating thing, or you're at church. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's ludicrous. Or a Nazi. 
Yeah, Nazis. It's just, it's dumb. Unbelievable. Really, really disappointing. As disappointing, I might add, as that bogus traitor that everyone. Another, this, my dentist said this. Hey man, did you see, did you see the traitor from BBC? He was talking about Goldman Sachs <laughs> running the world. I love that traitor. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, Horowitz and I discussed him. Oh, really? Of course, Horowitz nails it. Of course, the guy's he's not even a traitor. Is he is he a real traitor? Well, who knows? He's according to Horowitz, he's, no one's ever heard of him. He's probably trading home trading outside of in his basement. He no, he's got no credibility. He's got no standing to make these these comments. Right. He's just some guy who they dug up. No one's ever heard of him. And they put him on the BBC, and he does a whole brim, fire and brimstone speech, which everybody wants to hear because they hate Goldman Sachs and everybody else. And the whole thing is bogus. And every single one of our, well, not every one, but a lot almost, of our almost all of our listeners, listeners and all for the it. tweeters, like the tweets I get from the tweeter, they all, oh, listen to this. Oh, this guy's telling it like it is. The guy is a nobody. He has He's a, just some guy. I could. I mean, I've been saying kind of the same thing, but with you know what? I at least when I produce some some document, I'll have some information that this, this guy doesn't know anything. He's just some guy. He has a website called leadingtrader.com. And uh, I think if what he's any, if he was any good, he'd be working for Goldman Sachs. Believe me, he's a he's a consultant. He's just a consultant, and he does like speaking engagements for. Um, uh, you know, for companies and talks about and Horowitz, bull crap. Horowitz pointed out, he says that if you really listen to and you deconstruct it, all the guy's doing is talking about himself. And if you and you carefully listen, apparently he missed the last downturn, and now he sees an opportunity to go to short the market and make some money on the downside, which a lot of traders like to do. It does go down, it does go up. And he says, but this guy is just just about him. It wasn't he wasn't giving anybody any real information. He's just making illusions. And the fact that people lap this up like it was going out of style is yeah. beyond me. Well, here, so from his own website, leadingtrader.com, he even said, and this is posted way before the interview, which is probably where either either a some dipshit BBC producer thought this was great because the guy is, is quote an experienced stock market trader, speaker, and mentor. So he might have seen the guy speak somewhere, or he was a plant to you know, to rile people up. And here it is. One of my biggest regrets is that I did not make as much money as I should have done in the crash of 2008. I did I did not do to, too badly, though. I managed to capture the most of that year's trends, but I got sucked into the fear and the waiting for the news BS that everybody else was getting sucked into. I made a promise to myself, never again. That year taught me to stick to my trading plan and just trade the nice trends like a good trader. It, the guy, oh, he had it on his website months before that. The exact same thing. He just wants to make money. And, and by the way, it kind of helps if you can start to steer sentiment. So <laughs> stupid. No, the real stock trader who was on CNBC, he had this to say, and no one talks about this guy. Let's get a check on how the currency market is faring uh, this morning. Uh, U.S. dollar is uh, showing some weakness here across the board when it, look, when it comes to the yen, the euro, as well as the Swiss franc. Joseph Trevisani is the chief market analyst at FX Solutions. Joe, great to see you. Um, obviously, a lot of eyes are on euro, U.S. dollar. Uh, some people saying that we could test 2010 lows in the next couple of months. What levels are key to you? Well, if you're looking at the euro, I would look at 130. Um, I think we're going to get there. You know, the, Art was absolutely right. What you're worried about now, more than anything else in the markets, is the financial system. It's what's going on in Europe. Uh, there was a story out in, in a German newspaper this morning 
talking about more than a trillion dollars, supposedly unconfirmed, of hidden losses in German banks. This is what's driving people to the treasuries and driving people to the dollar. I actually believe this guy, even though he disclaims it by saying supposedly un, un, uh, unconfirmed, but that the German banks have a trillion dollars uh, in exposure. I, that I believe. So for those yeah. of you who don't, who don't know, it's in the show notes, uh, three, uh, 343.nashownotes.com. You can see this BBC trader. And I am. I well, can also go to Dvorak.org slash blog. I've got him on there. And then you can then listen to the DH Unplugged show where Horowitz. After this. I'll, I'll play it right after uh, today's No Agenda. I'm, I'm just I, I was disappointed, literally disappointed by our own audience. I hate to say it because, you know, you guys are pretty switched on. You send a lot of good stuff. But this is like, really? Please. And you know, did anyone even Google uh, Alessio Rastani before you started tweeting that? Anyway. Yeah. 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 This is this is the same. Uh, this is a problem. But this is the way the only reason that we keep doing the show is because you, it's almost like you have maybe you should do three shows because they need to be reminded over and over again that most of this is bogus. And the fact that the BBC the BBC is disgusting. I mean, they just, yes, you know, no, they, I mean, there are good. I was watching. In fact, there's the democracy. Now I've got a clip for later in the show about the post office, which is a scam. They're trying to f- screw the public with this post office deal. They, she couldn't even get a read. She got some, the guy was okay, but he, you know, it was a union guy, post office union guy, but he wasn't like a high guy. He was like some local steward shop steward. <coughs> and he could barely, you know, say, I mean, these big operations that they not so much democracy now, but the BBC can get anybody to come on their shows, and they get this guy. Yeah, they can get anyone. And and it was like a, it was a wasn't it Newsnight or something? It was like a like it one may of have their, been Newsnight. That's a possibility. One of their flagship shows. I think that was one of. The, and she was like, "Oh, really? Oh, 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 oh. Uh, I think uh, this uh, person in the chat room, uh, fruity something, whatever. Who's saying, you know, Adam is, you know, whenever it's popular, Adam says it's just wrong. Uh, by the way, it's Adam and John saying it's wrong, not just Adam. Because, uh, uh, you know, you have a little more credibility, perhaps, in this area. No. Uh, but this is, all we do on this program is help you see through the mist. The mist that is the media you're being given. And it has totally translated to the interwebs. And that's, in some cases, it's even worse than television and radio. That just propagates these complete mind control tricks. You are being tricked. You are being tricked. I'm sorry. You're just being anyway, tricked. I, and the guy also looked like a douchebag. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We want to thank some uh, some executive producers for today's show. We got two executive producers and three associate executive producers. And the top executive producer is uh, Sir Melanson from Tigard, Oregon, um, right there next to. Um, uh, Winnie the Pooh. ITM gents from Sir Dwayne. John, my copy of WinCIS takes forever to connect these days. What's the deal? <laughs> what is that? What is WinCIS? Is that something you, as, 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 as CD, CD-ROM you had in a book? <laughs> from, the, from the 40s. <laughs> anyway, here's my uh, my early entry for the 345.67 Club. And nice. my next donation will get me to my third knighthood. Stay tuned if you want proof. Goldman Sachs rules the world. Here's the clip. <laughs> Uh, and guess what Clippy gives us? Yeah, no, I, uh, I can only imagine. Joshua and Upstart Ventures uh, in Windsor, Victoria, three thirty three thirty three donation from Josh at Upstart reference article. Email to John and Adam with the subject line donation article in the morning. Up, uh, Josh from Upstart. Here's wishing share 
to share a portion of my slave allowance. Nice. I would like uh, you both to, that's what these are, slave allowances. I would like you both to take a look at the attached propaganda article the national newspaper, the Australian Financial Review, 9-11-11, titled, Terrorist Group May Have Short Shorted Stricken Airline Stock. Well, Dima said stock so vague, given any as well. We, we, that's, that's been discussed, and we yeah, all know that. that up. He needs a shot of, shot of karma, meanwhile, for her, his, her brother, Sammy. You've got karma. Sammy, keep your head up. We love you, bud. Thanks, you both, for providing critical thinkers of the world, an outlet that stimulates and educates for the crew at Upstart. You are our lighthouse as we sail the dark seas of misinformation propagated by you-know-who. Hey, and doesn't... Uh, doesn't vagina. <laughs> what? <laughs> This is vagina. <laughs> oh, that that's our new tagline, I guess. We just say vagina since that's now allowed on ABC. Yeah. Um is that the uh isn't Upstart Ventures isn't that the first uh, company to become a knight? Uh we this is something we'll be discussing during our <clears throat> Oh, okay. I don't know if it was Upstart that did yeah, it. Yeah, no, I just checked. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, noagendacardgame.com, San Jose, California, 2222, is 20% of the uh, uh, proceeds from the first six <coughs> game decks. Rounded up to the cool. nearest magic number. I'd also send a free game deck to one lucky $10 stream donor chosen randomly who donates for show 344. So in other words, if somebody donates $10, because Adam's going to make a plea at the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, for these $10 donations, one of them will get a free deck. Uh, hey, so wait a minute, 222 uh, and they only set the six game decks. Well, it's like they gave us everything, I guess. That's 100%. Yeah, it says 100%. It's awesome. Hey, so go check out noagendagamecard.com. They are very, really beautiful, actually. Uh, I don't have a, a deck, but there's some good depictions on that website, and you help out the show with that as well. That's pretty cool. Kristen Herzog in Elwood, Illinois, $210.98 with no comment. John Smith, Sir John Smith to you. St. Petersburg, Florida, just as No Agenda does their make goods. I noticed while catching up on the podcast, that we mentioned this, he was accidentally named associate producer for the 915 show. So this is his make good for <laughs> accidentally being named associate producer two weeks in a row. Hopefully, I'm not cited again this week, or I have to pay again. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. So, wait, so, <laughs> so we we goofed up somehow and named him associate producer twice in a row, even though he had uh, supported only once for for an associate producer. And because of that, he comes back and and makes good. That is awesome. Yeah. Those That's are cool. our producers. Yeah, Those are the good guys. Okay, you. so we want to thank them and everybody else, and we'll get to our regular donors later in the show, uh, but we want to thank these five particularly uh, for their help. Yes, and of course, uh, your help is appreciated. The only way that we can actually uh, make any money on this show, and uh, we don't go around promoting uh, television <laughs> shows like all these other douchebag news programs, and you do it by going to... Dvorak.org slash N-A... Just a few uh, PR mentions, uh, websites forwarding to the noagendashow.com website. Goodhair2012.com is now forwarding to the site, which I think is pretty cool. And uh, after you thought SeanHannity.com was a cool website forwarding to our No Agenda Show podcast website extravaganza, how about HardballWithChrisMatthews.com? This is where you go, Wow. I just ran and got a drink of water. I was being parched. You have to say it again. Hardballwithchrismatthews.com forwarding to the show right now. <sighs> <laughs> I actually like that. I came back for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. I think uh, Chris Matthews, will uh, maybe he'll watch listen to the show one of these days. 
Uh, oh, I think he's lost. He's a dick. Ugh. Um, I love it when people listen to the show and then uh, come up with the cool domain names like uh, podcastofcharacter.com, which is perfect since we are a That's podcast. a winner. That's a winner. Uh, zombiechaney.com, now forwarding to the show. Uh, and we talked about the No Agenda Karma cards. I got a lot of feedback on that. People sending me uh, places where you can order them. So essentially it'd be a, a card where it'd have a nice little thing on the front. Like, hey, I know you're down. I got something for you. Open it up. And then you basically hear the jingle. You've got karma. Or alternatively. Alternatively, hey, um, you know, you left your socks here. Uh, you weren't good in bag. And anyway, you open up the card and it's... One of those. And so we have douchebagcards.com is uh, now also forwarding to the show. And then my favorite for uh, the week, noagendastealthhelicopter.com. Which <laughs> <laughs> is exactly what we need. Hey, thanks to our uh, executive producers. Uh, once again, Sir Dwayne Menalthon and uh, Upstart Ventures and our associate executive producers, uh, noagendacardgame.com, uh, Christian Herzog, and Sir John Smith. We highly appreciate all of the help. And, of course, these are real credits. We will vouch for them, unlike those phonies in Hollywood. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Come on, chat room, yell it with me now. Shut up, slave. So, um, a lot of stuff uh, going on with the president of uh, the United States of America, and then a lot going on with the multiple presidents of the United States of Europe. Our good buddy uh, Nigel Farage is back on uh, on the oh, boat. Oh yes, yes, yes. He's I don't think this was boat. his best work, and he seems to have lost weight. By the way. Really? I thought he actually had gained a little after his uh, attempted assassination in that airplane. Well, he had, um, there were two. There uh, were, maybe I missed a good one, because the other one seemed a little dull. Did you see the one where he lashed out at the uh, president of the European Central Bank, Juncker? That's the one you probably maybe didn't not. see, didn't see. Play them both, or yeah. play one of them. Well, here's, here's Juncker. Mr. Co-President Nigel Farage. Mr. Juncker, as president of the Eurogroup, your detachment from reality is almost unbelievable. I mean, you're behaving like a political ostrich, pretending none of it's happening. You just told us a few moments ago that Greece fundamentally has no problems because she's a member of the Eurozone. I mean, it's just deluded. And you wrote recently that the Euro's 13-year history is a success story. Well, it's a very odd kind of success, isn't it? And actually saying that, frankly, beggars belief and I think hardly makes you credible. I think it's about time that you and others in this room woke up to the fact that we are inflicting misery on millions of people through unemployment, through poverty, through a loss of democracy, and that it's an error to try and keep countries trapped inside the Euro prison. The recent proposal is that Greece should write down her debts by 50% and remain a member of the Eurozone. Surely, Mr. Juncker, if that happens, the same would happen to Portugal and Ireland too. So he goes on uh, for quite a bit here, and then uh, Juncker gets up and he refers back to, and by the way, Juncker is a German, and he, he, st he stumbles around in his German first by saying, if we're talking about reputation, I'd rather have mine than yours. And then uh, Nigel comes back and says, you know, you actually told people to lie 
uh, or you said, you know, we, we need to lie. Let me see if I can just get that one little bit because I don't want to play all of that, that other douchebags. President, you've just quoted a newspaper which wasn't actually British. It was a German newspaper saying that when, th- when things get tough, we have to lie. Perhaps I should actually quote what I said in the language of the newspaper which you've referred to. So I'm speaking uh, German. That's why you get the English translation there in the Tower of Babel. The quotation was correct to some extent, but taken out of context. In Brussels, I was speaking to the pan-European movement. These are people who believe in Europe. We have to speak to them sometimes as well. In previous years, back in the days when I was just a European finance minister, every few months we there was talk about valuing or de- devaluing currencies in the European financial uh, currency system. So back then... We often used to emit on Sundays, for example, or just before the markets closed, and at such times it was very difficult for us to tell the truth. (laughs) However, the mistake I made was that by trying to honest, I actually used a form of words which paved the way to your supplementary question. So, essentially what the guy is saying is, well, sometimes we had to lie, but I didn't say, you know, I shouldn't have used the word lie because that let you trap me on saying the word lie that we were lying. It's just unbelievable what's going on there. And the, and the, most people in Europe are like, ah, ah, when's the iPhone 5 coming to Europe? <laughs> now, the, the, the thing that, was, uh, that blew me away, though, and I think we should play the other uh, Nigel Farage clip, maybe his end of show, because it's rather long, but he, he really slams the whole institution, is Barroso, the, uh, who, of course, is the unelected president of the, I think he's the president of the parliament, because they have like five presidents. President of the Council, President of the Commission, President of the Parliament. As you just heard, Nigel Farage is also a, he's a co-president. So Barroso gives his State of the Union, State of the Union of the European States, and he says exactly what I predicted. We now, have, because of this crisis, we now have to bring all control to Europe uh, in, uh, into Brussels, and we have to manage everything for you. Give up all of your sovereignty. Give up your own taxation. Uh, your, all your base belong to us. The European Commission president has called for more economic integration to tackle the Eurozone crisis. In his State of the Union address in Strasbourg, José Manuel Barroso vowed that Greece would remain in the Euro but had to implement its commitments. Amid much criticism of his leadership and doubts over the EU's ability to control events, he said the intergovernmental approach hadn't worked. What was needed was a stronger centralised European Union. For the Euro area to be credible... And this is not only the message of the Federalists, this is the message of the markets. We need a truly community approach. We need to really integrate the euro area. We need to complete the monetary union with the real economic union. There you go. As predicted. Integrate everything, bring it into Brussels. Good night. Good night, Europe. Enjoy your civil war. Yeah, well, that's as depressing as it gets. The Greek, by the way, they got the right idea. Some Greek protesters would like to hang their politicians. <laughs> a graphic illustration of how angry some of them are at a deeply unpopular property tax forced through Parliament. Many Greeks think they're being asked to sacrifice too much in the repeated attempts to balance the books. We won't pay, say posters around Athens, but they may have little choice since the tax will be collected through electricity bills. <laughs> 
That's a good one. I love that. That's almost as good as having an RFID chip in your arm with your money on it. It's like, uh, do you like, uh, let me see, do you like electricity, slave? Well, then you just pay your bill. You don't, would you, what, you don't want to pay your extraordinarily high bill, which includes your taxes in there? Oh, we'll just turn you off. That, there, that's how you do it. So while that's going on, the uh, you know we talked about this. I had a clip that we there, from weeks ago about the Bahrainian situation in Bahrain. You know the rioting and, and essentially the protests and the crackdowns going on. Mm-hmm. And that's not recovered at all by any mainstream uh, news no. uh, outlet. No, but uh, it is covered by Democracy Now. And there's news coming out of Bahrain, which is not now kind of shedding some light on this problem. Hit it. The Obama administration's announced plans to sell $53 million worth of military equipment to Bahrain just months after the Gulf state brutally cracked down on Shiite protesters. The proposed sale includes bunker buster missiles, armored vehicles, and wire-guided missiles. Maria McFarland of Human Rights Watch criticized the arms deal. McFarland said, quote, This is exactly the wrong move after Bahrain brutally suppressed protests and is carrying out a relentless campaign of retribution against its critics. <laughs> so I thought we'd keep up with the kind of what's bra- breaking news there for this <laughs> Arab Spring, I think it was called. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I also just read that uh, we're selling uh, like a whole bunch of drones to. Now, who was it? South Korea. Oh, yeah. Well, that makes sense. And and the, and the, and it was supposed to be for half a billion dollars. And the South Koreans said, like, yeah, but we want uh, luxury interior. <laughs> they want all this extra stuff. And the Pentagon, it's the Pentagon, by the way, who's doing this deal. They come back and say, well, it's $900 uh, million. And the South Korea is like, well, dude, no. So they're going back and forth. These defense websites, there's... Uh, defense.aol.com you've got to follow this they have all these it's incredible it's all about it's and it's it's apparently like a a white label or something that AOL does just for the defense industry this is a nice uh, business this drone industry i think we should get into it curry dvorak drones <laughs> we make drones as good as the as the rest of them. We can just uh, OEM some drones out of China. Yeah, exactly. Just slap just a slap a sticker on it. China, China yeah, them. slap a sticker on it and sell that. It's perfect. So it's I ran into talking about Obama helping the Bahrainians uh, keep their population under control. This was this was taken off of one of the late night comedy shows, but it's an actual news report. Uh, unfortunately, it has la- laughter over it because of the comedy show. But it was an actual news report from one of the uh, uh, one of the news channels, local news channel. Uh, I think it was down in L.A. But play this uh, Obama supporter story. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hollywood was certainly a campaign ATM machine for Barack Obama, the candidate, but maybe not so much for Barack Obama, the president. In 2008, President Obama had the support of the Hollywood elite, including Robert De Niro and Matt Damon. Last night, his celebrity backers included Screech from Saved by the Bell, the Fall Guys, Lee Majors, Eden from Toddlers and Tiaras, and a special performance from Vanilla Ice. <laughs> well, he was in Hollywood, uh, the president. Uh, much to uh, uh, all of Los Angeles's dismay, they started, you know, cutting off Sunset and Santa Monica. Oh yeah, like, can you imagine? Early in the oh, no, well, you could imagine. You I, were there. I lived it. I lived it. So the traffic was just horrendous, and he did uh, basically two public gigs. One is at the uh, Fig and Olive, which is a, a way too expensive douchebag restaurant 
uh, in, uh, in in Hollywood. But he also went to the House of Blues, where the ticket price was quite low. It was $250. And he got heckled. I don't know if you, I'm sure you heard this, or you might have oh, seen yeah. this. Oh, yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, but I actually have the full clip, and it's a little weird at the end. Yeah. We must have some members of Congress here. Hey, first of all, he's looking for members of Congress at the House of Blues. Well, there you go, Dennis. Where are we? Hey, how are you? Hey, how you doing? How are you? How are you? How are you? How are you? Members of Congress, how are you? Hey, hey, thanks for coming out. Buenas tardes. God is the one and only true living God, the creator of heaven and the universe. So just for those of you who can't hear, the guy is saying that uh, Jesus Christ is uh, the Christian God, the creator of the universe. He's saying Jesus Christ is God. And then the crowd uh, takes over the chant. And then he says, you are the Antichrist, which is a popular meme uh, amongst people who, uh, I guess, don't like the president. Now listen to what happens. So the, the guy is now being shuttled away. You can barely see it in the video. But then the president starts to say something interesting. Is that his jacket? Is that his jacket? So his so they take the guy away, but his jacket is lying on the ground, and I think the president was actually concerned. I think he's like, dude, who knows what the heck is in that jacket? I'm right here in front of the stage. The thing might blow up or something. He sounds concerned about this. Yeah, and, and he it's, does. And it seems like the the security guys screwed it up. Is that his jacket? They uh. First of all, I, 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 I agree Jesus Christ is the Lord. Uh, the, I believe in that. I, uh, I do have a question. I think the young man may have left his jacket. And uh, it's kind of freaking me out right now because it might uh, explode. Wow, you mean to tell me that the Secret Service wasn't all over that jacket? No, no, they just left the jacket and he keeps saying it. Thank you, darling. And he keeps telling so, them and they won't uh, do make anything? Sure, make sure. kind of... No, nothing. They don't do a single thing. The jacket's laying on the ground, ticking. Sure that he gets his jacket. Get his jacket. Oh, well, that's yours. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's hers. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Dodge the bullet. It's hers. So that was a poor performance by uh, the security, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I you know, I may be a fan of this president, but come on, can you at least guard the guy and make sure that uh, if you if you think someone is extremely dangerous for saying you're the Antichrist, and this guy probably will uh, turn out to be a lone wolf terrorist, uh, then you know at least get the guy's jacket. Now. The president had a couple of gaffes this week, which, uh, of course, there was no time for it amidst all of the new se- Every new uh, show this season is apparently Mad Men. We have Mad Men in the air. That's uh, Pan Am. We have Mad Men in the club. That's Playboy. Everything is Mad Men. And then poor Drew Barrymore, who comes up with, the, for, can't even watch 40 seconds of this Charlie's Angels crap. Um, so they had no time to... Uh, to really pay attention to the gaffes. Uh, a lot of you probably heard this one. Uh, this one was kind of interesting as he's talking to the con- uh, Black Congressional Caucus. 20 years. And 
Folks at the bottom have seen their incomes decline, and your response is that you want poor folks to pay more? Give me a break. Give me a break. If asking a billionaire to pay the same tax rate as a, ju uh, as a janitor... Now, it, I, uh, I love Freudian slips, and uh, it sure sounded to me like the president said if asking... Someone to to pay as much as a Jew. Yeah, that's what he said. So what was on his mind? How do you get that? He's reading off the prompter. How do you get the word Jew out of the written word janitor unless it's something on your mind? Well, let's listen again. Jew, uh, as a oh, hold on. Let me go back one more second here. Asking a billionaire to pay the same tax rate as a Jew, uh, as a janitor. <laughs> so maybe it was the word billionaire and then the Warren Buffett. I don't think Warren Buffett is Jewish, by the way. Warren Buffett, something, something flashes into his brain, and he says Jew. And uh, I think that warrants uh, dissection. It's weird. It's a weird Freudian slip. Yeah, I found it to be odd when I heard it. Now, of course, you know, there's this... Uh, but I never made the connection with Buffett, but that's funny. It's probably... He's probably thinking Buffett's a Jew uh, or something. Yes. I don't know, but it did come to his mind. Then he was at the uh, at the LinkedIn headquarters. Oh yeah, uh, talk about a promotion for LinkedIn. And by the, was that the CEO of LinkedIn who was there for like the, the guy with the five o'clock shadow? <laughs> what is that douchebag all about? He's a total. I mean, that's the douchiest performance I've ever seen. And by the way, I don't know what kind of uh, you probably didn't see the John Stewart show. Yeah, I this. did. I, uh, John Stewart had a very good remark. He said. Not working out so well, that LinkedIn, seeing as no That's one there had a job. Played. One person after another came up saying, I don't have work, I don't have work, I don't have work. Except for the one shill in the audience, and I want you to really pay attention to this. It kind of, this works well in audio as well as video. Uh, you probably heard about this, but uh, here comes a, a question from an audience member. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, I don't have a job, but that's because I've been lucky enough to live in Silicon Valley uh, for a while, and uh, worked for a small startup down the down the street here that did quite well. So I'm unemployed by choice. My question is: Would you please raise my taxes? <sighs> now this was very interesting. So this is clearly a plant to you know, for his. Uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm rich. Please uh, make me pay more. Which, by the way, there he's is a... Not, he says he's not working by choice. What, what taxes does he pay? He's paying uh, uh, capital gains on his Google stock, uh, which he actually doesn't mention by name. But the president doesn't respond when it would be normal to respond to this statement. He waits for the guy to deliver the rest of his lines. Listen. I would, um, I would like very much to have the country to continue to invest in things like Pell Grants. And so when the guy says that, how come the president just sits there stone-faced and doesn't respond when he say he waits for the guy to come back and bring up the Pell Grants and all this other stuff? Who would say that? Really? Taxes. So this is where the president should respond and say, all right, right on, my man. Good. I would, um, I would like very much to have the country to continue to invest in things like Pell Grants and infrastructure and job training programs that made it possible for me to get to where I am. And it kills me to see 
Congress not supporting the expiration of the tax cuts that have been benefiting so many of us for so long. So that to me was clearly a setup. Clearly. And the president just sat there and waited for him to deliver all the lines. And then he comes into the little joke here about uh, where he made his money. Um, I think that needs to change. And I hope that you'll stay strong in in doing that. Well, uh, well, I appreciate it. What what was the uh, startup, by the way? You want to give me a little hint? It's it's a search engine. (laughs) (laughs) Worked out pretty well, huh? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, here's what I got for you. Wrong. You shill is what you are. In that now, now here's something that one of our producers put on NoAgendaNewsNetwork.com, which I thought was very fascinating. He makes another Freudian slip, maybe not even Freudian, but he certainly uh, flubs the line when it comes to the uh, Buffett's secretary uh, paying more taxes than Buffett. Listen to what he says. Everybody is doing their fair share. Uh, I've said this before. I'll say it again. Uh, Warren Buffett's secretary shouldn't be paying a, a lower tax rate than Warren Buffett. Hold on a second. Yeah. Warren Buffett's secretary shouldn't be paying a low. No, that, that's huh, huh. Ah. <laughs> Let's hear that again, Presidente. Warren Buffett's secretary shouldn't be paying a, a lower tax rate than Warren Buffett. Ah. <laughs> and no one, no one sees this. Come on, it's a slip. Well, the more he talks, the more of these are going to happen. I, you know, seriously, th- th- this is the only thing he's really hired to do is to read the prompter, campaign, uh, read more prompter. You know, like any good actor, look pretty, know your lines, and don't bump into the furniture. And he's he's uh, not doing too well. I think they're they're running him ragged is the reason. Well, they're definitely running him ragged. I mean, I can just, I can not, well, actually, I can't. I can't. Los Angeles is bad enough, but with a, uh, with a, uh, a traffic problem, I, I can't imagine what. Uh, who's, who's calling you on the cell phone? It's not my cell. JC left it in here. I'm just killing Throw you. it against the wall. <laughs> Damn kids with their cell phones. <laughs> that was good. So, um, well, there's another little thing going on that you probably didn't catch this one. Uh, uh, Dick Wars. Dick Wars? Hmm. Uh, Yeah, Dick Wars. So I go straight Uh, into it? Apparently in Vancouver, there's signs, you know, saying Dick Wars, and they're they're trying to, well, play Dick Wars, and you can get the story. Hundreds of demonstrators gathered in Vancouver, Canada, Monday, to protest a visit by former U.S. Vice President Dick Cheney. Protesters Uh. called on Canadian authorities to arrest Cheney for (laughs) war crimes and torture. He's admitted to having authorized, approved, and revels in the fact that he was center of organizing waterboard okay, kill the rest of this so do you notice that she made this slip of saying former president oh i didn't even notice that she said former president really oh my yeah, goodness another, another slip it's funny because i didn't catch that part of the dick wars i did catch the part about how well trained our canadian uh, brothers and sisters are when it comes to protesting here's how they protest in canada CTV's Don Martin joins us now. He's keeping an eye on the demonstration. Don, we're um, we're looking at what's going on. What more can you tell us from there? 
Well, Brad, it's the quintessential Canadian protest. They politely walk up to the barricade. There's a little stepladder on one side and a little stepladder on the other. And as they climb over it, the police put plastic cuffs on them. A few, not everybody. March them over, put them on an Ottawa OC Transpo bus, take them away to book them. So, so they actually go up politely to the fence. They go up the stepladder, <laughs> down the other side. <laughs> And get, this is the Ottawa protest. This is different than Dick Wars. Oh, okay. Oh. This was a march on the uh, parliament. Well, it's funny regardless. We have protests everywhere. And in fact, I did, a couple of days ago, the New York Times had a big headlining story uh, outlining where all these protests are going. This is going this way, and the one, the one in Libya has gone to this, and the one in Syria has gone to that. And they have all these this huge list, and they leave out all of the ones that are going on in the United States and Canada. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 I mean, this is one of the reasons I'm stopping the subscription to the New York Times. They won't even cover the stuff that's going on that affects us on a day-to-day -day basis or the traffic situation in Los Angeles because the president has to go around and be called an antichrist. Did you hear about the one uh, airport that's suing the, the Secret Service for about $650,000 for wrecking the airport with yeah. their helicopters? Yeah, 670 something million dollars or $1,000. And it actually plays right into what I was talking about. The reason they made that landing is because he had to do the emergency drill into the bunker. That's what that was all about. And so they, they weren't prepared. And they were driving trucks and stuff all through the grass and mangling it up. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the government just says, screw you. We're not going to pay you anything. We're, yeah, we're not, fix it yourself. Yeah, yeah. what's your problem? We're not going to play. For, we're not going to pay for any of that. No, 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 no. Hey, um, just while we're deconstructing some media, did you follow this story about this ITV documentary? Now, this uh, is something you have to see. It's in the show notes, 343.nashownotes.com. Uh, this is a piece from the documentary and uh, it's about Gaddafi, and it is apparently uh, they're, they're showing some footage of, um, of rebels shooting down a helicopter. Here we go. With Gaddafi's heavy machine guns, it was possible to shoot down a helicopter, as the terrorists' own footage of 1988 shows. This was what the security forces feared most. It may have been a lucky hit, but for the army and crew, once was enough. No one died in this attack, but there were many other deadly arms to fear. Now, the reason why no one died in that attack is because the footage they were showing was actually uh, video footage from a video game. <laughs> and so they literally did a screen capture of uh, Arma 2, R-A-M-A 2, which came out in 2009, and the and in a couple of videos, it's all on the on the on the YouTube's now. They literally lay the two side by side. They because it looks like really shaky cell cam footage. But what it is is they literally just took this, took some screen grabs from someone playing the game, and it is exactly the same, right down to the puffs of smoke coming out of the helicopter as it goes down. And they use this in a documentary. <laughs> I mean, it's. <laughs> Maybe they thought no one would notice. Yeah, because, you know, games are only for kids, right? And, you know, no you one know the would... funny, you know, this new group of media people, they really don't realize how, you know, they, they've got, they got to go see the, the documentary Trekkers about the Star Trek guys, you know, all these kids, where, they, where the kid will come out and say, I don't know, but the, I noticed that the Star Trek uniforms of Sergeant's 
the emblem was off two millimeters to the left. Oh, and yeah. It need, and it was, right. it was r- poorly done and it was the wrong size. You know, people, there's people out there that are just all over this stuff. You can't pull this crap. But, of course, no one actually. It's ITV, by the way. Yeah, they're not d- d- like a small-time operation. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, go hire some CG. Go go get Industrial Light and Magic to make something special like, for go make you. Your, go make your own fake video. Make your own fake video. Don't steal stuff that these kids are going to notice. Idiots. Uh, meanwhile, the Ministry of Truth Department, uh, even after a Freedom of Information Act uh, lawsuit filed by Judicial Watch... The Justice Department attorneys uh, have said the CIA has 52 photographs and video recordings of uh, bin Laden's killing and his death, but they will not release these. They're going to be kept classified and withheld from the public to avoid inciting violence against Americans overseas and compromising secret systems and techniques used by the CIA and military, even though the secret stealth helicopter is on the uh, uh, SEAL Team 6 uh, challenge coin. Uh, we, well, I we can't see, we, but but there is a there is a movie promotion. There's a tie-in, John. Brand new. In this French beautiful island, a young couple will find something terrible. Oh my God! What happened to him? I swear to you, I know this guy. Who? The doctor? Body. The fuck, the dead guy, honey. Look at the. Oh my god. I got it. I fucking got it. So fucking saw my bin Laden. Zombin Laden. <laughs> this is the new movie Zombin Laden. <laughs> Where uh, some uh, two uh, kids uh, find his body and. Uh, uh, Sounds like something you produce. <laughs> I mean, it's horrible. Zombie it's, Laden. It's uh, the trailer's like three minutes long. It's very funny, and he's back. He's thirsty, and he's pissed off. <laughs> and then like guys on the beach going, "Hey, what's up, Os- Os- Osama? What's up?" <laughs> the guy's a zombie. Is is very humorous, and uh, we need things like that in times like this. We need to have some of those funny things. I'm very happy with that. I liked it a lot. So uh, I have the clip that kind of explains the top secret thing, but it's not important. The uh, yeah, they've decided that the pictures are now top secret. Yes. So everything's top secret. I mean, this this whole and nobody does anything about the, this cla- uh, categorization of everything is top secret. It's just so we'll never see these pictures, which probably are pictures of somebody else anyway. Papers filed late Monday night reveal the Obama administration's refusing to release photos and videos of a dead Osama bin Laden following a Navy SEAL raid in the Pakistani town of Abbottabad in May of this year. According to CIA National Clandestine Service Director John Bennett, the intelligence agency has 52 photos and or video recordings of the slain al-Qaeda leader. The imagery is reportedly classified as top secret, and the Obama administration says it's release would reveal military and intelligence secrets and could lead to violence against U.S. personnel. Don't show it! We're the most transparent administration in the history of the entire world! National Clandestine Services? Yes. NCS. No, it's NCIS, maybe. I don't know. 
I never heard of that that division. Oh, they got all kinds of divisions, all kinds yeah, of stuff. Just going another on. way to hire more people. So uh, we got a actually this was a tweet that both you or an email that both you and I responded to that uh, Ron Paul was going to be on John Stewart, and uh, I decided to watch it live, which uh, I I don't have the East Coast feed, so I was just watching at eleven o'clock, which is late for me. And uh, Miss Mickey actually stayed up too uh, to watch this, and uh, so the the two segments. The first segment uh, that Ron Paul came on was uh, essentially like, hey, how you doing? Jokey, jokey. And then Stewart went into this long skit about, no, you don't look right. And he had his head plastered on uh, Chris Christie's body. And you know, it was like, ah, so the first segment was contentless. And then uh, I'm like, OK, the next segment will probably be better. And just before they hit the next segment, John Stewart comes in with this. Did you see Congressman Ron Paul on the show? You didn't see the whole interview. There's more. On the web. On the web! <laughs> so he was clearly uncomfortable doing this, but he had to because uh, they cut out what I think is actually the best part of the entire interview. Uh, and the reason why they cut it out, if, if you want to hear it, I'm happy to play it because uh, you, you never saw it on television was essentially Ron Paul slamming uh, the war on drugs, the pharmaceutical industry, and you can't slam Big Pharma. And I think what happened, I'm calling douchebag on uh, uh, certainly uh, Comedy Central, but uh, in a way also Jon Stewart, it just shows he has no say in the matter whatsoever. And, it, and Ron Paul actually brings it up in the last 10, yeah, ten, it, the last ten seconds of the clip, Listen to what Ron Paul says about freedom of speech and freedom uh, of markets. I think the best example for this is the way we treat people in the media and comedians. I think what we should... <laughs> Wait, what? I want, I want to eliminate all prior restraint. How would you operate if you didn't have... If you had prior restraint and we had to monitor your program? You probably wouldn't be allowed to have me on your program if it was prior restraint. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. But I don't believe in I'm a very any... brave man. <laughs> You're not Jon Stewart. You're a weak douche. Because they cut out the entire content of the interview, and John and they made John Stewart go back and cut that thing. Say, oh, it's on the web. Oh, that's where you can see the extended interview, and it was just completely contentless. So John Stewart in the douchebag hole now. Well, what choice does he have? He's running a commercial show that has sponsors on a network that relies, like everyone else, on drug advertising. What's he supposed to do? He he could take the donation model. And make less money. I mean, I don't know what you expect the guy to do. He has no choice in the matter. I, he is like everybody else in the media. Everything that people watch out there is bought and paid for by Big Pharma. Big Pharma is the, right now probably one of the biggest advertisers. They're making so much money on some of these sketchy drugs that, you know, you can't say what. Uh, and then you have the vested interests of the war on drugs, you know, which uh, Ron Paul strikes out against. He wants to legalize this and that. Napolitano came out with a legalized marijuana thing over the last couple of shows. But, yeah, I mean, you can't. What are you going to do? This is the problem people have to realize when they listen to this show. You, We don't go for we don't we're not beholden. We don't have to worry about it. And, of course, you know, you can get shut down other ways. But, you know, we keep our we not by any reason because we want to keep our low, our numbers low. But the fact of the matter is we don't have enough listeners. Uh, no. <laughs> 
you are correct in your calculation. <laughs> You've done very well. You added it up and went, hmm, this isn't right, is it? Yeah, but it's important for people to know because John Stewart does come across as uh, uh, the I voice of like reason. It is guy. Yeah, and but he's not. He too is beholden to the pharmaceutical industry in this case. And it's a six minute clip, so I'm not going to play it. But there's a link to the actual video uh, in the show notes three four three dot show notes dot com. And uh, in it, Ron Paul is making, uh, of course, a lot of Ron Paul sense. And it was the best part of the interview. They could have just taken that part and cut the stupid part out if it was about time, but it wasn't. It was purely about the wrong message to the audience. And it's uh, it's good to know and that. And I'm sure the audience was applauding him. Yeah. Uh, well, it was. He had like teachers in the audience or something. It was a stacked audience too. Oh. Hey, remember Sam knows. You don't. Hey, do by you? the way, talk about the stupid names like Sam knows. <laughs> Did you notice the coverage of the uh, of the uh, riots and uh, the, the police brutality on the Occupy Wall Street? And they come up with the guy, that guy in the white shirt who supposedly was beating the women and, and shooting mace in their faces and the rest of it. Yeah. And the guy's name is Anthony Bologna. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Bologna. Tony Bologna. I know. I caught that, too. I was like... Why don't they just throw it in our faces? <laughs> like, this is bullcrap. The guy's name is Tony, Tony Bologna. We took Tony Bologna and we fired him. <laughs> just throw it in my face, will you, please? Tony Bologna, Tony Bologna. is not working for the force anymore. <laughs> Anthony Bologna. I know. It's so funny. Tony Baloney. Oh, it's, it saddens me. It really does. <laughs> oh, by the way, I did get a tweet from uh, uh, from the Ombudsman from uh, NPR. Oh. The, the, the Ombudsman does not really have that big a, a following, like 4,000 followers or something. Well, that's what Ombudsman's Ombudsman uh, do not get enough attention. Yeah, and he said, "Well, we're we're going to cover it on all things considered tonight." Well, it's not even worth playing because it was only about it's the same ridicule as everything else. Um, but in uh, in let's see if I can find it here. Here we go. Uh, he said that the criteria for reporting on something had to do with either size of the crowd, arrests made. Or prominent people being uh, at the protest. Did you get the? Did, did you get the throw numbers? That, throw that thing against the wall. This is the real phone. Oh. Well, who is it? Hello. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm doing a show. I have no idea what John is doing. Uh, you know, it's like I I, I thought maybe. So, they, so here's what's happened. Just to mention it because I just got that call. So apparently they got they, they've got these systems. You, I guess you buy a T one or whatever, and so they just put robot calls on. This is a robot call. Oh, trying to sell me credit card services. Oh, yeah, and uh, and they, they just spam me. It's just like it's just like sp- uh, email spam because they're not paying anything for these phone calls. Yeah, no, I know. They're plugged into the network and they just spam away with these phony calls that people that I get. I, yesterday I got one from. Uh, Oh, since your mortgage is underwater, my mortgage is not underwater. It's just a, it's like spam, you know, where they say, "Ooh, your bank account at United Bank is a password's been lost." I don't have an account at United Bank. They just want to steal my password if I if I happen to. This is this is getting on my nerves. So here's the uh, ombudsman, <clears throat> and uh, this is kind of important to understand. Uh, here it is. 
Oh, it's not scrolling. So do, did, did they give you the numbers? No, of course not. Of course. Well, I want to know what the numbers are because they've already arrested over 100 people. Here, we asked the newsroom to explain their editorial decision. This is the ombudsman. Uh, executive editor for news Dick Meyer came back and said, quote, The recent protests on Wall Street did not involve large numbers of people, prominent people, a great disruption, or an especially clear objective. And that's why they didn't cover it. That makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. It's totally bogus. So all of a sudden, so in other words, when you had like uh, the the Detroit riots back in the 60s where they literally burned down half of the city, there was no, I mean, that that was covered, that, that wouldn't have been covered because there was no no theme. No, and no, there was nobody famous. No, no, nobody, that's, that's, that's the point. And there weren't nobody that many famous. arrests. Right. They didn't even say arrests, actually, the news guy. It's just a, no yeah. disruption. And then no prominent people. So I guess you have to have prominent people. And then they bring in prominent people and then they just ridicule. Because the prominent people are in there co-opting. Crazy. Uh, anyway, Sam knows. This is uh, this cropped up a while ago. There's something in the European Union that is important as it relates to this. Uh, Sam knows is the uh, the government, our government, is uh, you know tried to get everyone to order one of these Sam knows routers so that uh, the government could then test your, <laughs> I love this. Oh, right. Test the quality of your broadband. And uh, so now, and this is from samnose.com. Now Brussels is saying, seeing a need for accurate measurement of Internet services across the European Union, the European Commission has appointed Sam Nose to make its white boxes available to citizens across the EU. The key technical challenge of this project is how to accommodate the different access technologies across Europe whilst making sure that the methodology is consistent for each country. With the benefit of the precious projects in the U- previous projects in the USA and the UK, Sam Knows has developed a standalone white box which any consumer can plug into their home network to test their ISP. Well, John, this sounds like an incredible benefit. I think I should get me one of these. Why do I want to test my ISP? You don't. This is so the government can control your entire uh, internet ongoings. Why would I want that? You don't. But that's not why it's being sold. It's being sold as a consumer uh, benefit that the government is now going to make sure you get what you're paying for. Well, guess what? I'm not getting what I'm paying for. We all know that. Yeah, what is the government going to do about it? Nothing. But, they, but this Sam No stuff is going to be baked into every single router you buy off the shelf. So Baked? They're going to bake it? <laughs> baking it right in. And it's, uh, it's concerning. You're faced with the need to produce industrial quantities of magic boxes for a variety of ISPs and government clients, Sam Knows has developed a technology which, can, which popular manufacturers' routers... It says, which can, I guess, turn, which can turn popular manufacturers' routers into a Sam Nose-enabled measurement device. This concept is still based around Sam's original recipe of tests. See, that's the baking thing. Although Sam and now his team of professional programmers have made numerous improvements to his original bedroom version. So Sam refers to Uncle Sam. Of course. The first so router- now Uncle Sam knows what you're doing. Exactly. And the, and who the idiot is going to put this on their system? They throw it right in your face they're by calling it Sam Knows. The work of tapping the line. But, they, but they, they actually call it Sam Knows. I mean, yeah. how stupid. No, we are stupid. It, it can't. There's no other way, John. It has to be that the, the, the human resources have diminished to jello. Yeah. 
Sam knows? I mean, like Uncle Uncle Sam? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Is it a good thing if I hook it up? Is it a good thing? Yeah. Okay. I'll do that. I'll hook it up. And then and then what? And, and then, then what should I do? What should I do then? What should I do? And then Sam knows. Sam knows good. Is that good? Is it good that Sam knows? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. If Sam, if it's good that Sam knows, then it's good that I do it. That's right. You pass. Anyway, Interesting. I, yeah. Yeah. So now, now that's go, that's going to be mandatory. I'm sure in uh, the United States of Europe. Eventually. Yeah, it's going to be mandatory. BBC, by the way, was uh, doing something funny. Uh, you know, the scanner debate is now uh, ongoing in uh, Gitmo Nation East. And so they had these cute kids uh, with uh, the show is called the I think it's called the Big Bang or something. It's a science show. So, Big Bang Theory. It's the, one of the no, shows. No, it's not the Big Bang the Theory. The Big Bang Theory with the nerds no, and the like, blonde. It's a Big Bang or something. Well, it is two oh. nerds and a, and a hot brunette. This is very sexy. And so it's a 15-minute piece, a video on the show notes. Thanks to Robert Leather for uh, capturing that and putting it up because, of course, we can't watch the BBC iPlayer here. And uh, so first they go through literally eight minutes of showing you. They go, they're on the street, and it's like, do you think that these nuts are radioactive? Do you think this salt is radioactive? Do you think this granite is radioactive? And, of course, the whole point is to condition you to know, oh, all kinds of things are radioactive. So I, sh- I, don't, I shouldn't be afraid of radioactive things. It's, what? Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's, it's eight <laughs> minutes. They're on the street. Of course, the nuts have, you know, of course, they put the Geiger counter there. Oh, look, it's, radio- <laughs> it's radioactive. And then they put, now this is so inconsistent, it was just funny. Then they, the hot chick goes through the full naked body scanner. Oh, this is what it's all about. Oh, yeah. This is exactly what it's about. Now, I will have to stop this clip to point out a couple of incredibly weird inconsistencies. But she goes to the naked body scanner and then looks at essentially a recording of her picture, which is the first funny thing. And she she has a fake knife on her to see if they can detect it. And, of course, the picture is not, you know, of her, like, really hot naked. They only show the back and they've blurred the screen a little bit. And it's just that kind of oily like a dark outline. It's not the gingerbread. It's kind of the, the first version that we had here. But listen to what uh, what the, the actual verbiage is. Just suck in my belly, though. <laughs> Be fine. Okay, so here's the image of your entire body. But have you found my weapon? I think so. Have you? Okay. Go on. If we turn it round, I believe you've got a knife um, placed on the small of your back, but between um, your bra. Well done. It is. It's actually a knife. It's a ceramic Ayo. knife. Ceramic knife, which I could, I could, I could totally bust through the cockpit door with a ceramic knife. Yeah, I'm well, sure. No, it's because a ceramic knife can't be picked up by the metal detector. No, I understand, which is obviously no good. But notice, you know, the whole thing of the bra and everything is to get your mind into like boning her. <laughs> that I stuck into my bra strap. <laughs> awesome. And the radiation, reflected radiation, found it. It really did. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Now she's back in the studio with the nerd boys. With a new generation of scanners rolling out at airports across the UK, checking in has never been safer or quicker. It's an amazing bit of tech, but it does raise the obviously obvious privacy questions because there's going to be people at home watching that who are going to be thinking, I am not going to walk through that. <laughs> I know. Do you know it, what I mean? It is understandable, absolutely. But for those scanners, first of all, the operators of the visual part of the scanner, okay, the imaging, yeah. are nowhere near the scanner. So they never see the individual that goes through. Well, okay, so the guy is standing right there. <laughs> you just have to re- replay in your mind. 
he's standing right there watching her through the come through the scanner and the image is right there on the scanner so uh lie number one there the actual scanner they're always same sex operators uh, same sex operators it was a dude in case you didn't notice as a woman goes through a woman operator looks at the image yeah. the images are never recorded and also they're never recorded yet they were looking at a recorded image unbelievable because the whole scanning um, technology is based on contours your underwear is so close to your body that it kind of helps conceal the more detailed bits of your anatomy your bits and which helps your bits and bobs this is what it's about John your bits and bobs how's your bob doing I think you should stop playing the horn and start playing the douchebag <laughs> I like the horn Douchebags. Yeah, bits yeah. and bobs. Yeah. I mean, it's fair enough. There are still people who are going to be worried about this. Mm. So my question is, is it going to be compulsory? Well, so far, these scanners haven't been rolled out across the UK, and yeah. the guidelines haven't been all set in stones. And ultimately, it's going to be down to each individual airport to decide. Okay. Yeah. Liz, something I was a bit more curious about is the, the, the safe exposure limits. Right, bring it right back around. After we've shown you 10 minutes of radiation experiments on nuts and salt, bring it back to radiation. Are we afraid about this? These things. I mean, say, for example, I was a frequent flyer, and I was going through these things five, ten times a week, is that too much? No, I, I fly a lot for my job and I had the exact same question. And these scanners have been rigorously tested and the results are... Why? Who? Well who? Who? Who's been rigorously testing these scanners? <laughs> what independent testing facility has tested any of these scanners? Did she say? Do you not understand? My bits and bobs are all excited just looking at her. I don't care. That's how it works any harm. I mean, the operators around the actual scanner itself can stand beside it 24-7 and the health risks are negligible. <laughs> who says? There you go. Negligible. <laughs> what, is she an expert? And who is it? Let's see the testing results. No, oh, you, you get the point, obviously. <laughs> but the propaganda... But what, was this what douchebag show was this? This is what BBC. Network? BBC. These B people should be ashamed of themselves. Well, yes, well, they're not. <laughs> Newsflash. <laughs> they don't give a crap. But it's, uh, you know, because this is, this is now, they're talking about the scanners. They want to put them in everywhere. They've got to condition everyone to get ready for them. So let's understand radiation. I mean, it's a beautiful piece. Uh, the Curry Dvorak uh, Media Consulting Group we could not have done a better job, although we probably would have had a blonde. Uh, but she's smoking. She really is beautiful. And she's got the thing in her bra, and she's like, what? Yeah, yeah, safe. I think, safe. I think you could have also dealt with some of the inconsistencies in the story a little better. What do you they mean? They could have had a woman instead of the guy looking at the thing. And by the way, how does that work? That only the women see it. Well, they have two people. I mean, you, you somebody's coming. They <laughs> we got a woman coming through. Switch. Switch. Yeah, exactly. Switch. <laughs> okay, the guy. Switch. Close your eyes. Switch. Close your eyes. Don't look. No peeking. Yeah. But the funny thing is, kidding with this bull The funny crap. thing is, is like the the guy is standing there watching her, and and the screen is right there. She says uh, the operators can't see the person, but she's standing right there watching it. And I've seen this at the Amsterdam airport; it's the same thing, and the UK airport. They're standing right there watching. Then she says it's not recorded yet. She's watching a recorded image. It's stored on something because she's not standing there anymore. So it was at least temporarily stored. And then she says it's only going to be gender specific. I mean, th there must be something in the psych warfare book that tells that tells you that if you make the lie right there in the explanation, then people are ready to believe it. You know what I mean? 
Like, it's a possibility. There may be some trick we're unaware of, even though I would suggest that the Curry Dvorak um, <laughs> consulting. consulting group would know this. And uh, Well, just, of course we do. We would have known it if it was true. So unless there's some, and I doubt that they have knowledge that we don't have. So I think it's just a screw up. No, no, I no, I I think that it's done purposely to condition mm. you. I think it's sloppy. Mm, okay. Well, it, they're not hey, that good. They're not that hey, good. That's what you get when you hire a second-rate media consulting group. It's what yeah, you get. It's just not that good. S- silly frogs. All right, before we get into our uh, donations, uh, interesting thing that just kind of uh, flew under the wire about this uh, FBC Media Group. Now, FBC Media Group makes uh, television programming for the BBC and uh, NBC, uh, specifically CNBC. And the Independent, the newspaper in uh, Gitmo Nation East, uh, got a hold of some emails and documents that shows that this uh, program, which is supposed to make uh, you know, in news programming, news, news programming, which is broadcast by the BBC and CNBC. Well, we know CNBC is corrupt, but BBC, it's always fun to pick on them. Um, they were going to do uh, this piece on, um, I think it was Malaysia, and they promised in the piece, in exchange for money, uh, guaranteed coverage of the new Microsoft uh, office that will be opening up, uh, actually it's Aachen, Germany, and the second one in St. Petersburg, Russia. <laughs> and it was, and they actually titled the document, FBC Guaranteed Distribution Placement. So while the BBC is assuming they're buying a news piece about something that's taking place. Oh, and by the way, they also produce for PBS, our national treasure. They are on the back end selling the exposure to Microsoft to show their flags and their, and their brand new office and their center and everything. And it's important you understand that this is how the news works. Yeah. Have you ever done that? We no, never. There's no. I wouldn't do it. I would. In fact, uh, I think the fact that I'm doing this show proves that. Yeah, it sure does. But, I'm going to uh, show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Huh, huh. In the morning. I know. But of, of all things, we will do. We will uh, promote the people who contribute to the show, including David Murkowski uh, of Gastonia. North Carolina, $111.11 without comment. Christian Winter, Black Knight McTank. Venice, California, 100 bucks. Please play the original We Told You So jingle if you can. You know, we did away with that, the, the We Told You So, and uh, yeah. we actually, one of these things we had a meeting about, we said, it's ridiculous. Why would we, I mean, you might as well play the thing all the time, but it's like, it makes no sense. You know, sometimes, by the way, we're wrong. Um, yeah, well, we always talk about it. Yeah, but if you know if if you think we told you so, then tweet about it. Throw it on the tweeters or something. So we yeah the the, the clip we'd like to uh, Black Knight, but uh, we don't have it. No, I love the show, it. gentlemen. I have to get cable because my darling wife and I are expecting some some come November. Uh, I will still donate despite all the Iron Chefs. I will watch by proxy. Now, what does being pregnant have to do with getting cable? I have no idea. Matthew Bla- Blakeburn in Monroeville, Pennsylvania. $100 in the morning, John Nanam. I wanted to give myself a present for my 21st birthday on the 28th by donating to the show for the first time as a, first, as a full-time student and manager of a portrait studio. A shot of karma couldn't hurt. 
Thanks for the show. Keep up the great work. Well, we really appreciate that, especially from a student. You've got karma. It's a big deal. That really means a lot when people do that, when they're studying. Michael Morch in Aalborg, Denmark, $83, which is probably 20 bucks in euros, I think. <laughs> in the morning, sirs, the time has come for shrugging off the douchebag title I rightfully earned a few months ago while things are not all rosy here in Gitmo Nation, Little Mermaid. <laughs> I think the time has come for me to become a donor. To go kick off my thirty-three thirty-three monthly subscription, I make this donation for two reasons. First, I'd like to request some karma for Soren Larson. I'll do it in a minute. Me I'll, do the a show. Shot. I'll do it in a double shot in a minute. And uh, and it was nice enough. Nice. Listen to this, people out there, and nice enough to call me out as a douchebag. Hmm. I'm sure he will. F- Find some use for the karma. Secondly, I like a podcast license. Never know when such a thing might come in handy. Thank you for offering an entertaining and interesting alternative to the swill that passes for mainstream news. He deserves a de-douching and a karma double shot. De-douching for himself and a karma shot for uh, Soren Larson, who called him out as a douchebag. <laughs> You've been de-douched. You've got karma. Thank you so much for uh, your support of the No Agenda podcast. And good old Sir James Briscoe's back in town from Bayshore, New York, 7191. Hey, guys, Psycho Long Island Night checking in. <laughs> uh, donating the amount I just spent to fill up my shiny Altima Hybrid, which is a damn fantastic hybrid car. Take that, Curry. I'd like to give a mention to uh, RetroGamingRadio.com, the only guys I know that did a podcast in real media format. <laughs> <laughs> Real uh, media? That. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. From the, you know, I think the EU.INT still uses real media. Is that wild? Yeah. And, anyway. And, and you click on it, and then yeah, it says, we'd like to install some stuff, take over no, everything. You always click Asso- on always got to upgrade. Associate, yeah, associate all media with us. Yeah, like, no, no, no. cancel, force quit, <laughs> go away. <laughs> real media. They basically p- play the podcast in a special browser window that is time to the podcast to bring up. It's time to the podcast, I guess, to br- do something, time to something, to bring up any mentioned links or videos when the speaker mentions a link on the show so the viewer doesn't have to do anything to view the link. It would be a neat idea for this show, maybe. Not. <laughs> no, uh, I don't think give, so. <laughs> please give him a bit of karma and love for the love of my life and her consistent uh, life of toiling away programming until 5 a.m. every night. I do love her so. He says, love the show, guys. Well, she deserves that karma. You've got karma. Yap Gilhood. 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 No, Gilhood. Yeah, Gesundheit. In Antwerp, 6666. Yellow hat. Please give me some karma because of the criminals of the BNP Paribas Fortis Bank did cancel my account because I was buying their gold bullion for years. Huh? I'd forward some URLs for you guys, and no left. No what? No no, no bank. No bank left behind. dot com. Okay. Carpet bombing for peace. dot com. That's a good one. <laughs> Ministerie van Waarheid.nl, which means Ministry of Truth in Dutch. And keep on just getting by. Geelhoed. Oh yeah, there's a pronunciation guide for you. Yeah. Hail the foot. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, he needs some karma here for Yap Geelhoed. <laughs> You've got karma. Geelhoed uh, translates directly to yellow hat. Now, Sebastian de Steger. Stigter. So, let's try it again. Sebastian. Sebastian. 
Yeah, we'll do we'll do it like uh, Occupy Wall Street. Sebastian de Stichter. Sebastian de Stichter. In Delft, South Holland. Delft, South Holland. Very good. Hi, guys. Donate a long time ago. 5678. Sorry for the delay on this one. I need the karma for a difficult career choice. Hope this works. Fingers crossed. Love the show. Sebastian from GN Blood Diamond. <laughs> You've got karma. I love it. Get Brian Johnson, Madison, Wisconsin. Double nickels on the dime. I want to say thanks for changing the way I see things as I go from boner to donor. And please send a shot of karma to my dear friend Jillian as she lives by the American dream of just getting by. And we're so happy for you, Jillian. Here you go, girl. You've got karma another new donor charles hickman in grove city ohio double nickels on the dime needs some karma to clean up a mess i made and since this is my second donation i think a douche dedouching is in order everyone can afford double nickels on the dime when they cancel their cable turn off your television it's killing you you've been dedouched you've got karma interstate deals in Ventura. Florida, 55 bucks. Uh, thanks for continuing what's a great show. Uh, continuing what's a great show. Here's to Adam being happy. Please give a shout out to our website. And let everyone know that we have the best prices on iPhone replacement screens. What's iPhone4parts.com. Uh. iPhone4parts.com. That's what it says. Numeral 4. We ship internationally to any Gitmo nation. Also, if it's not too much to ask, some of the guys in the packing room would like to hear a MILF immediately followed by a slide whistle. Oh, okay. I'll do the MILF. You do the slide whistle. Ready? Here we go. <laughs> oh, well. Andrew Kirby, Covington, Louisiana. Double Niggles on the Dime. Art Stanton, coming, coming, Georgia. Long-time listener, second-time donor. Been a contractor for over a year. Now I wouldn't mind some karma to make sure my work keeps up. Curry, Dvorak, 12. Adios, mofos. Yo, there you go. You've got karma. And then we have a bunch of $50 donors, including Eric Andreas Holland in Bergen. Loves the show. It's Jason Stevens, Sir Jason Stevens, New York, New York. Dear John and Adam, that when the last time I left you guys, I was traveling for work, to which I came back to find out that I have become another victim of the economic recovery. Laid off. No. However... Out of the blue, I got this job interview on Monday, which sounds a lot better than the old job. If you could throw me some karma on this one, I'd appreciate it. Absolutely. You're going to get it, my friend. This is what karma does. You've got karma. Matthew Scheuer in Winthrop, Minnesota, $50. You don't have to mention the donor the, in the donor segment. Too late for that. Just give my friend Curtis Begaman a birthday call out. We did that. Yeah. Or we're going to do we're that. We're going to do it. And it's on the list. Sir, Sir P. Schnakes in Amsterdam, 50 and Peter Totes. Yeah, fifty dollars, and that will cover our uh, group. And, and though we, although we do have a topic to discuss, um, I want to thank everybody who donated and everyone who donated lesser amounts. But we do want to discuss whether or not a corporation can become a knight, because it's, one corporation has uh, requested that. Yeah, what do you it, think? It's uh, uh, well, so the way it, it kind of worked a little bit differently. This is the uh, what's the name of the company here? Uh, Upstart, Upstart Ventures. So Upstart Ventures. So. The 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 way it, it it turned out is that different people. I guess it's a startup. It's a small company, and uh, multiple people within the company donated to the show. So Rudy and Michael and Sam and Josh and they all donated. So the, so I think you know they're sitting there. I have no idea what Upstart Ventures is. What is Upstart Ventures? Maybe we should investigate first. Mm. Have you, is it a venture firm? What is it? I don't know. We none of us had bothered to look. Although I have to say that none of them have it, except made by Upstart dot com. 
used their uh, domain name as Upstart Ventures, but madebyupstart.com would be, I think, the uh, thing to look at. Let me look. Oh, madebyupstart.com? Yeah, that's madebyupstart.com. So the question is, can <laughs> we build stuff? <laughs> great. You know what? Yeah, I think <laughs> this has such, they have such a great website. <laughs> I think they totally deserve the knighthood. Well, I think since, a, since the corporation is a person, we might as well give them a, uh, a yeah, knighthood. A knighthood. So it would be I, Sir Upstart? Yeah, I, I love the website. It says, Upstart, we build stuff. Contact us at hello at madebyupstart.com. Yeah, you got it. Hey, this is rocks. <laughs> we build stuff. Hey, build me an anti-gravitational device, will you? I'm looking for one of those. I'll fly yeah, he it. Needs to, he needs to be sitting on the ceiling. I'll, I'll fly it. Thank you very much for your support. Uh, so unlike, uh, you know, BBC and uh, this FBC Media and uh, and PBS, you know, we don't take money from sponsors who we're not going to report on. By the way, please notice the amount of Boeing Corporation commercials recently. And I can tell you, and by the way, these are not, you know, like uh, buy a Boeing. These are complete positioning at Boeing. We know the future of blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and, they're going to get into the drone business if they're not already. Well, they also just delivered the 787 Dreamliner, and they don't want any negative reporting. Right. Yeah. That's why they buy commercial airtime. The fact air that it's late and the outsourcing yeah. cost them tons of money because they were stupid. And there's pieces left over that they don't know and where they go. Nobody knows where they go. <laughs> there's actual pieces left over. They're like, I don't know where this goes, man. Forget about it. So that's why they buy... Yeah, you can you can you can set your clock by it. The seven eight seven Dreamliner all of a sudden increased commercials on PBS and NPR, your national treasures, uh, about Boeing, just positioning pieces so they don't say anything negative because you know that could impact severely. Whereas we say something negative or wrong or something the audience doesn't like, and uh, we get impacted immediately and we get uh, hit severely. So we know that if we're not truthful and we're not out there bringing the best that we can, the best product not making you the product, that we get punished. So we bring you the product that you are actually asking for. And it's a truthful product. And you can support this product here. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Do you want to add any uh, domains to that? And I want to add, yeah, we want, you can also go to channeldvorak.com slash N-A or noagendanation.com and buy a mug or a slave t-shirt. And you can also go to noagendashow.com, which has a direct link to the donation pages. And I would go to the donation page every once in a while because they do get updated. There's new offerings and ideas that are fun. Yeah, the 345.67 is, uh, is a cool donation amount. That's going to be a fun show. And uh, and uh, someone there's all kinds of great ideas coming in for the store, which I kind of like. And we like. got 11, 11, 11, 11 coming up. Yeah. Yeah, that just is coming in a month up. From, a month from now, we're gonna, or a little more than a month from now, we're going to have 11, 11, 11. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah, it's going to be so extremely push that. lucky. We're going to be pushing that. Yeah, absolutely. It's your birthday, birthday. Oh, no agenda. Happy birthday, Matthew Blakeburn. He is congratulating himself. He turned 21 yesterday, finally legal in the United States of Gitmo Nation. Matthew Shower says happy birthday to Curtis Begeman. Also, his birthday was yesterday on the 28th. Happy birthday from all your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. It's and then, uh, for the very first time ever, uh, John, you might need uh, your extra big blade for this one. Here you go. Okay. Because we'd like uh, to have Upstart Ventures, made by Upstart.com, step forward, extend your ring finger. 
As the very first time, a corporation of which the parts consist of human resources has donated up to $1,000 in support of the No Agenda podcast. Thereby, we pronounce the Sir Upstart Night of the No Agenda Roundtable. I don't know if you can handle our hookers and blows, but there they are at the roundtable. Have a seat. Happy to have you aboard. Now, someone asked uh, uh, about the We Told You So uh, jingle. We're not going to play that, but I would like to do this. All aboard! Plane's good, plane's bad. As part of the Drone Nation programming that is going on for your brain, uh, a lot of people pointed this out to me as uh, I think Gizmodo uh, did the big story on it. Uh, Completely unbelievable. But, uh, you know, so I think the, if you look in the Red Book, is it in the Red Book, John? I think in the Red Book I, uh, I said, be on the lookout for stories that show pilots screwing up. Because, of course... Now you've been, that's been all over the book because you've been saying that for, I don't know, six months. Right. And now the drones are, uh, are being integrated into our daily life and uh, vernacular because, you know, even the terrorists are making them now. An all-Nippon Airways passenger plane carrying 117 passengers on board experienced a little bit of a scare earlier this month. Why? Oh, no. What happened? Because a numb-brained pilot, a numb-brained, this is great reporting, by the way. It said that? Yeah. A numb-brained pilot accidentally almost made a Boeing 737 fly belly up as an upside freaking down. So here's what happened, according to the report. The coconut, please... Airmen, listen to this. You will love this report. The co-pilot mistook the rudder trim knob for the cockpit door lock switch. So when he, quote, opened the door for his captain, he actually caused the jet to roll and drop 1,900 meters in 30 seconds, according to internal investigations. The narrow-body aircraft continued to roll until it reached 131.7 degrees to the left, leaving it almost belly up. Its noise pointed down as much as 35 degrees at one point. Now, this is hooey. I, I, I cannot believe this actually happened the way it's reading back. A rudder trim knob. You know, if, you, if you've ever been in a cockpit, uh, there's one thing you'll notice about the controls. They are oversized and weirdly shaped. Have you ever noticed this, John? Like the gear. Yeah, they're big. Well, like the gear for gear down. They're, what, they're not little bitty things, that's wh- for sure. What does that knob look like, the the, the gear down knob? I don't the, uh, the gear down knob, that is... Uh, it looks like a big wheel. It's like a big well, rubber. I've seen it in the cockpit of a 47. Is, is same. A, yeah. It's the same. It looks like a rubber, it's a, it, right, like a rubber a wheel. Yeah. yeah, but it's not. But very important is it's a rubber wheel. When you grab onto that, it feels like a wheel, and that is done for a purpose. Just like flaps, the flaps knob is a very thin, broad knob, which gives you um, tactile feedback, telling you it's flaps. Now, I'm not familiar, of course, with the 737 700 series, uh, but this mistake seems highly unlikely, and. Um, I'm not sure about the performance, but this is essentially the same as uh, hitting the left rudder with your foot really hard, I guess. And I guess for some reason that's possible at, uh, at these speeds. If I do it in, uh, in my aircraft, I could, I'd probably have a good chance of snapping a cable if you do it too hard. Uh, but it will, ma- it will totally unbalance the aircraft, but it's not going to make it fly belly up. And in fact, 
even these 35 degrees pointed nose downward is not uh, belly up anywhere near it or 131.7 degrees left. Well, what I don't get is why the door lock, the, the, the cabin door lock would be right there. Uh, I don't know, but it, 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 it's beyond the point. All it, right, I think you made your point, this yeah. bo- bogus report. Numb brain pilot, that's what it's all about. Uh, now, it is second half of the show, so uh, time well, to... Wait a minute. What? I think we should begin the second half of the show, then, with something that will highlight where you're going to head. Okay. Uh, and uh, this is just a, just a crazy clip I picked up of John Stewart because you, you know if people have funny laughs. Now, John Stewart is verboten now on this show. You know, how, well, this isn't about him. It's about Seth Rogen. Uh, and I, there's two clips. Don't play the the long one. Play the little one. It says Seth Rogen. And I, this is a deal breaker. I don't know how many people have interpersonal relations, but you, the person that you're with that have a laugh that is so weird that you really probably couldn't spend a lot of time with them. Yeah. This is Seth Rogan's worst laugh in the world clip. He does. He literally is like, did you learn nothing from what I went through? As I'm like smoking a hamburger. Nice. I think that's nice. This kid will. I got to tell you. Well, what does that have to do with my clip? That's where I, I'm just putting it out there because I suspect that that applies to whatever it is you're going, wherever it is you're going <laughs> in the second half of the show. No, that not, laugh. Not at all. Keep it in your in your heads, people. No, not at all. Residents living near a volcano on Spain's Canary Islands have been moved from their homes because of fears it's about to erupt. The Pico de Malpaso on El Hierro Island has been rumbling and spitting rocks since July. The regional government says it's on a state of pre-alert and are stocked up on medical supplies and water. Yep, get ready for the Canary Islands to break off and cause the tidal wave and, and uh, make everyone move to West Virginia. This has been predicted. It's coming. Actually, this is funny because this is predates the Red Book. You had predicted the Canary Islands specifically, um, I think about two to two and a half years ago, three years ago. Uh-huh. And then you pulled the prediction because something happened. It was either the Chilean thing or something else happened and you pulled the prediction. Really? No. Yes, you did. Well, how silly of me. It has to be back on the table. But we did talk about this in the past few weeks. It was an earthquake in, in, the, in the Canary Islands, not a volcano. Right. But the whole thing is volcanic, and I guess you get the volcano, yeah, you okay, get the... Yeah, just... All right. Then that crazy guy. Um, remember the crazy... This is so funny, because I was looking for it. Of course, it didn't happen. Remember the crazy uh, Asian scientist guy who's always pushing a book who said, we're going to go try and replicate crop circles with microwave ovens? I do remember that. Yeah. Well, where are where's that test? He said it was going to be the end of the month. That was two months ago. Where is it? Of course, they didn't do it because they they can't because the crop circles are real, uh, just as real as the, <laughs> just as, as the laugh, just as real as the sun, just as real as the sunspots, which is actually a, a, a pretty decent report. <laughs> the solar flares, uh, we have seen them. Um, we've got pictures of them, thankfully, from NASA. We can't really predict when they're going to erupt? No, but we dodged the bullet. This past weekend, a gigantic solar flare just grazed by the Earth, lighting up the skies over southern England. They saw the northern lights light up because of the aurora borealis. And that sunspot on the sun is still shooting solar flares at the Earth. The sun is taking pot shots at the Earth. The, the sun does rotate just like the Earth does. 
And I guess we were lucky. You said it was a glancing blow. Glancing it basically blow. wasn't aimed at us, mm -hmm. but it is kind of spinning more toward us. That's right. There's a sunspot eight times bigger than the Earth, which just opened up just a few days ago. And it's erupting by shooting solar flares like a rifle pointed at more or less the direction of the Earth. But because of the Earth's spin and because of the sun's rotation, it was a glancing blow. Otherwise, all hell would have broken loose yeah. over this past weekend. Yeah. Because, I mean, talked about power outages, that kind of thing, communications outages because satellites get fried. We're talking about some potentially very disruptive problems. I'm always amazed that no one ever says, hey, we just had a huge outage across three states in the, in the southwest. Could that have anything to do with sunspots? No one ever follows up on that, I'm, and I'm pretty sure that's what it is. And I'm pretty sure that we are going to see big communications outages. We know that uh, Fox has moved uh, a lot of their uh, transmission from satellite-based to IP-based, not that those things won't get fried. And I'd also like to thank the anonymous donor who has sent uh, some uh, <clears throat> certain type of uh, uh, radio broadcasting equipment to my house, which you need to be licensed for. And I'm putting it in a Faraday cage. You should put your computer in a Faraday cage where you're at, or actually get some. Just you need some. You can get some small amounts of lead foil. You could put one, make a lead foil hat for yourself, and then you should put <laughs> a hat. Thank you. Really, <laughs> I need the hat. Uh huh. You need a hat, and <laughs> then you should put some around your computers. Okay. <laughs> Well, we should put. I'm going to put one around at least one of my computers and uh, around some uh, particular uh, transceiver equipment that I uh, am in uh, possession of, which I think you need to be licensed for, which I won't do anything with unless it's uh, necessary. What is? Uh, what are you on, uh, good buddy? Are you on the two meter or the four hundred band or whatever? Uh, which one will be better for us? Why? Well, in case oh, you mean for us to? You, we can't talk to each other. We're, if we're going to go VHF, which is what we're talking about for the lower licenses. Uh, you're gonna go through repeaters, and the repeaters will get blown out. We're gonna have to get uh, have to go to the. You have to get a general ham license, which I'm gonna have to do to to broadcast on AM, so you can have those long. You can get that long shot. I can shoot straight so to you. So what uh, what frequency is that? I just need to know the frequency. I don't care about it's the not, license. It, there's a. It's not frequency. It's a range of frequencies. What's the range? What's the what's the meter band? Well, for the AM stuff, let me get it for you, so I'm not saying anything wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I should know this stuff off at the top of my head, of course, because that's how you have to know it when you take the license, but it's easy to forget. Well, let's see. Long distance shortwave propagation. I think you can, uh, 200 meters would be good. Okay. Got it. You can get, is that yours does that? It will. Okay, and well, I get I just I just string up a lot of wire, Europe right? With two hundred meters, apparently, right? But then I just string up a lot of wire, right? Fifteen hundred kilohertz is a good good number. Fifteen hundred kilohertz. Okay, good. That's important. Um, something funny. Uh, Department of Homeland Security's new headquarters. Do you hear about this? No. So there. So this is this is where uh, Janet uh, Napolitano will be uh, seated. Um. It used to be an insane asylum, apparently. <laughs> what did? <laughs> the new build. It's the building where the Department of Homeland Security's new headquarters will be located. They, they didn't build a new one. This is, what, this is where Janet's office will be. It's an abandoned insane asylum. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, you can't write this stuff. It's perfect. No. It's perfect. 
And then I was looking at uh, H.R. 1540, uh, which has been referred to the Senate, National Defense Authorization Act for Fiscal Year 2012. And it's a very interesting document, uh, particularly this line, uh, which includes uh, a number of billions of dollars to authorize appropriations for fiscal year 2012 for military activities of the Department of Defense, for military construction, and for defense activities of the Department of Energy. I thought that was kind of weird. Why does the Department of Energy need defense activities? The Department of Energy uh, runs Area 51. Oh, Janet Airways. Hmm. But they so they need to defend it. There's nothing there. It's not important, right? I don't know. Well, it's a very the Department inter- of Energy is pretty suspicious. You think? The fact that they run Area 51 is not a military installation. It's the Department of Energy controls it. Anyway, it's a very interesting bill. It's very long, very, very long. But they've got, it's just, the amount of stuff that is in here that, that we're buying, it's just, wow. I want some rides on that stuff, like the Advanced Rotorcraft Flight Research and Development. I want to do some R&D on your Advanced Rotorcraft. But Department of Energy getting uh, defense activities. Everybody's getting, getting into the act. Yeah, they really are. It's concerning. So I have a couple more clips. No, I thought you were going to tell me about the cantaloupe. The cantaloupe? Yeah, it's killing people. What cantaloupe? <laughs> you don't watch anything, do you? I will just watch C-SPAN. 14, there was nothing about the cantaloupe on C-SPAN. 14 people dead because of listeria food poisoning. Oh, listeria. Yeah, that's another t- attempt to, to ban raw milk, too, by the way. Oh, cool. Tell me about it. So what? Well, what, listeria <laughs> is one of the, those crazy uh, micro diseases that's attributed to raw milk a lot of the times. That's how they get to shut down these guys so we can drink the crappy pasteurized stuff that's been okay so it's not about okay thank you for helping with that so it's not about the cantaloupe it's actually purely about the listeria which is just related to raw food which is another part of the codex alimentarius exactly okay thomas by the way uh responded remember we were talking about obama's yawning deficit and a lot of people uh saying buy a better dictionary yawning means yeah but I think you is and that I are typical listener. That is uh, a typical bitchy. I always say to these people, have you donated yet? No. Okay. No, those people never donate. No. They just complain. Just complain. Uh, but the, I think you also, you are much more of a linguist than I am. We agree that the usage of the word yawning was kind of weird in his speech. Yeah. It makes no sense. anyone would use it. It's just like it was put there for a reason. Well, Thomas from Gitmonation Deutschland said, you know, I was wondering about this. In German, we say gehen Lehrer which can be translated as yawning emptiness. He says maybe he has German speech writers. I'm like, that could be, there could be something to that. (laughs) (laughs) Nazi speech Some guys left over from Operation Paperclip writing the the speeches for the president, which is a direct translation, apparently. Hey, look at this speech uh, Adolf did. Let's use that one. Did you hear the speech, the written speech that was given to these, these two Berkeley, University of California, the spies, hikers, spies. spies. It, it, I have. They, they would actually 
mispronounced a word. There's a there's a gaping hole that that I I thought was just part of the transmission, but then I looked at it on the Audacity, and it obviously was cut out. So there's something they said that's missing from the commentary. But oh. then they mis they're reading this, you know, they're 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 now that they're free, and they 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 misuse. Just play this and tell and tell me what he says at the end. Just hours after we left prison, we were able to swim in the waters of the Gulf. We stayed up all night with our loved ones, and we watched the most beautiful sunset we've ever seen. Okay, there was a there was a, there was a hole in the thing, but he said they saw the most beautiful sunset. <laughs> really? What is a sunset? Well, I don't know, but the word "stet" is like a copyright or a copy editing term, meaning leave it, leave it, leave it. Leave it. <laughs> Someone forgot to pull it out of the prompter. They just left the the copywriting notes in there. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Somebody. <laughs> ah, good, a so good one. Sunset. Yeah, and what are they saying? We were only captured because we were Americans. Well, yeah, that'll teach you to go to Iran, douche. Duh! Don't do that. Spy. Yeah, really. So we had a weird story here in the Bay Area that I think is an indication of uh, the kind of wimpy politicians that we have. This is a story that took place in Sausalito, uh, and it was a long uh, city council meeting. And this woman, she, in the, during the council meeting, she she this guy's trying to say something, and she shoves his, her hand pretty much in. In the guy's face and makes that shushing quiet, oh, quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shakes it at him. Not a and fan he of that. Slaps her hand and get it away from get away from me with that hand. An apology tonight in the slapping incident at a Sausalito City Council meeting. It was the first council meeting since Vice Mayor Mike Kelly slapped Councilwoman Carolyn Ford's hand. <laughs> it happened September 13th after Ford lifted her hand toward Kelly and shushed him. Kelly said the slap came after a grueling five-hour council meeting filled with considerable conflict. This was truly uncharacteristic behavior on my part. I am deeply embarrassed by my action, and I apologize to Carolyn Ford. Uh, and to the citizens of Sausalito. Going forward, no matter how passionate or heated the debate, I promise to conduct myself in a respectful manner that befits the office of Sausalito Councilman. Ford said she appreciated and accepted Ford's apology, but she has filed a complaint with police. She's charging him with battery. You slap me. Yeah, I can just see these. I didn't have to see the video to know what these women are like. It yeah. stuns me. Yeah. I go back to watch oh, You're going to be hitting a woman. Yeah. Don't raise your hand to me. Hey, you know, um, there's a girl who uh, comes up here from time to time, uh, Laura, and she uh, helps do our admin. So she'll, um, Mickey found her when we first moved here, and she'll take all, you know, the receipts and everything. It's a very laborious task, and of course, you know, you know, I, I, I like some other people I know filed an extension, you know, so the actual tax actually has to be paid um, in like two weeks on the 17th of October. And uh, she couldn't come for a couple of weeks because she had had some form of seizure. And, uh, and it, you know, it, it, it was weird. She, she had a seizure. Uh, who knows what it is, but she went to the hospital. They kept her there for a couple of days. And, um, you know, she's okay. I mean, I, who knows what it was, right? It could be from anything. Uh, but she doesn't have epilepsy or anything else. But you know what happened? She got a uh, a notice from the DMV 
and she has to go through a whole series of tests, and her license has been revoked. Wow. Well, I guess that's the thanks you get for working at the Curry compound. <laughs> no, but seriously. So the hospital, when they see like a, uh, I didn't know this this happens, but when the hospital sees a seizure case, regardless of the outcome, they send it on to DMV, and your license gets revoked. And then you have to go through all these tests to prove that you that you won't have that while you're driving. Now, at first, I think there's a privacy issue in here, but that's kind of Gitmo-y to me. Uh, I think it might be illegal to do that because your medical information is supposed to belong to you and you only, that's you what I, as a person. Yeah, that's what I thought, but I guess not. Huh. Yeah. Well, yeah. That needs looking into. And I, I guess there's two things we have to uh, uh, double back on. One is don't ask, don't tell. Uh, actually went through. Oops. And uh, I guess I was wrong on that. And uh, John, I think you, you and I still kind of think that there's, there's still something up, <laughs> and uh, and maybe we'll figure it out. But it, it seems like I guess uh, you can be gay and proud of it and, and be in the military. So I never thought it would happen. I really didn't. I was quite surprised. Yeah, you already by that. apologized for this. No, I, I don't think I did. So there is. I've what, got a clip. Well, there, there, was, to... there was one more thing I was going to say. Uh, so gold uh, took a huge dump. Yeah, which I believe was manipulated, and I think it's a huge earning. Now, moment. if you listen to DH Unplugged, Horowitz makes such an elegant explanation for it that it's because it makes perfect sense. Um, so the explanation, of course, I listened to Horowitz Unplugged, Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, and he says, you know, people had to, you know, they got margin calls, they had to shoot, they had to no, get, no, it's get more cash. Than that. Uh, uh, no, the uh, hedge funds all have to. Yeah, they have I understand. To. They should, people listen to that show. All I'm saying is, I believe, and this is my own personal view. You can believe, you know. Please put I'll put, put you on the BBC. Put next. all your money with Horowitz. Please send all your cash to him. Let him make you a billionaire. That's fine. I'm saying that this will go right back up. This was a big earning moment, so everyone gets to uh, buy in low again, and it's going to go up, and they'll sell again when it's uh, higher than that. Uh, but the uh, the Canadian uh, CTV gave a much better analysis than Horowitz ever could. Why is it not playing? This is weird. Hey. Oh, man. I had such a nice setup, too. Yeah, it was. Your timing was good. You're ready to rock. <laughs> here, here we go. Dead. Bridget joins us now. Bridget, overall, how did today compare to yesterday? The biggest surprise of today was definitely gold. It was down about $100 an ounce. That represents the biggest two-day drop in 28 years. There's a couple of things going on today. Some investors were selling off their gold holdings to try to make up for losses in other areas. But Todd Hirsch says there's something else happening here, too. Some investors aren't confident that with what gold is backed by or if it's backed by anything at all as compared to something like the U.S. dollar. Investors are comfortable that the U.S. dollar what? is backed by the American government. Government. So no matter what is happening to the American economy, something like the U.S. dollar is backed by the Federal Reserve. That's going to be around a year from now. That's a much more comfortable investment for them. So, uh, so she says, "Oh man, gold is, gold is backed by nothing, but the U.S. dollar is what backed by the." A, what moronic show were you watching? This was Canadian CTV. But by the way, Bridget is hot smoking hot so it doesn't matter what she says but it was i was like 
really? The U.S. dollar that people want to be in the dollar because it's backed by the U.S. government, which prints money. <laughs> At least they've got a printing yeah, you're press. Right. You're right. That tops Horowitz by uh, <laughs> miles. <laughs> Me- meanwhile, breaking news out of Canada. Play the fireworks clip. Hold on a second. Well, we've got breaking news out of Canada. Here's fireworks and furs burnt to the ground. Animal rights activists are claiming responsibility for setting a fire at a fur retailer in Coldwell, Idaho, early Monday. The fire occurred at the Rocky Mountain Fireworks and Fur Company, a company that buys coyote and bobcat pelts and sells trapping supplies. Okay. Well, this was, I guess, not in Canada, but whatever. But what kind of a company is called Fireworks and Furs? <laughs> like, and then they wonder why it burnt to the ground. Hmm. Let me think. I have a great Some idea. Some guy smoking, maybe. John, this is a new business opportunity for us. Fireworksandfurs.com. dot com. Get yours now, while stocks last. <laughs> Fireworks and Furs. That's great. Hey, uh, shout out there to our uh, our friends and relatives in Gitmo Nation Kiwi. They're uh, ramming through this New Zealand food bill. You thought it was bad here with the with the propaganda about listeria or listerine or whatever, whatever is in the cantaloupes. Uh, they are ma- they are absolutely making it illegal to grow your own food in New Zealand. And this is the, uh, the <laughs> yeah, it's the food bill. I kid you not. Why do people put up with this? Well, they're friendly there in Kiwi. Here, we recommend the subclause be deleted. And this subclause introduced that a food business would capture people who do not trade in food but are directly or peripherally involved in facilitating the trade of food. This is all about not be, you have to be licensed, essentially, to grow food. This is coming everywhere. No, I think it's coming here. In fact, it's already been experimented with. And in some places, you can't even collect water from the rainfall. Like, I think Colorado's got laws against that. Really? And, yeah. Huh. And uh, it's just a whole thing. It's just a lockdown. You know, you're going to, you know, that way they can starve you if they want to. Well, it's the only thing that's going to be left is uh, is growing our own food. And, uh, and wherever uh, Ms. Mickey and I wind up next, and by the way, Sunday after the show, we're flying to Austin for a couple days to go and uh, look at... Uh, Get the vibe, I guess. See if uh, see how Make sure the get a nice backyard. Big, big. Get some big, acreage. Big acre. I, I, I mean, I'd rather be living in a tent somewhere. In fact, we may just go look at land. That RV life is okay. Get, <laughs> <laughs> I just need uh, some power and uh, and some need land a generator. Yeah, you know, uh, Stecks and cave. Look for a cave. <laughs> yeah, on Craigslist. Wanted cave in Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Steck sent me a, a link to. Yeah, I guess Steck has money, and uh, this and you know he contributes a lot of information to the show. And he says, you know, all of us here, and he's in uh, Chicago. All of us are getting these particular types of generators, and they're all uh, natural gas and liquid gas generators. And I don't think that's a good idea. I don't. I think you should get a diesel generator, which is hard to come by. Because I've been looking at generators, not that I can afford one, because a diesel generator is very expensive. If you want it to do, you know, like a minimum of eight kilowatts, which is kind of what you need if you need, if you want to run any appliance, it's like four, four or five thousand dollars. But I'm like, why would if if there's a real emergency, I don't think you want to be running off of gas. Why? I mean, because gas lines get disrupted, and you know. You, oh, you mean gas? I, I, natural gasoline. Gas. What about gasoline? What's wrong with that? Well, because gasoline supply lines could get disrupted, but diesel, you can make diesel from all kinds of stuff. 
You can you can make it from plants. You can make biodiesel, which is uh, which you right. the engine has to be adjusted for that. That's not that's not true. That is not true. No. I've had a lot of experience. The only uh, thing that has that you have to do is if it's cold. Uh, biodiesel will gel and will uh, will not uh, be liquid enough to be used as fuel. But you don't have to. Uh, a modern diesel engine needs no adaption. I'm wondering about that because I think the modern diesel engine, which is no. designed for the special low sulfur diesel, no. which has been introduced no. a few years ago, will not run bio. I don't. Okay, I'll no, look I, into I will. I will remind you that I have that I had a, a biodiesel car. What year was it? What year was the motor? No, that's irrelevant. I, I did. I did no, all this. Not they yeah, changed. No, it is. I did all this. I did things. all the study, and I, I'm a member of bio uh, biofuel biofuel oasis there in uh, in Oakland. It's a garage, and they had brand new Mercedes diesels rolling up, brand new Volkswagens. Oh, actually, they were like a year old because you know they banned the sale in California. Uh, but you no, know, a modern diesel engine uh, will burn anything, any kind of bio biodiesel fuel, not a problem. All right, well, that's a good argument. If, if you no if that's conversion, absolutely true. No conversion necessary. So you could make biodiesel from uh, you know f uh, cooking fat, from poop, from um, uh, hemp, from uh, cotton seed. You can make it from all kinds. And I think that's a much safer bet, even though more expensive to run than natural gas or gasoline. And it's probably why they're all so hard to find. People don't want you having the good stuff. No, well, I would go with that then. But no. I'll look into it. But it's not. it may not be a bad idea to invest. And I'm saving. I'm saving because I, I, I really want one no matter what. I, I have a bad feeling about these sunspots and everything. You watch. And we won't be able to play the jingle because we won't have a show. Well, there must be some. We, we had to think of a contingency plan if this, if we get our our, our electronics blown up. Because what happens once that happens, there'll be a shortage for it. Take months to get back online. So, what's your plan, Stan? I don't have one. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> me, me neither. Because we may have power with our Jennies. Yeah. So what? Yeah. Exactly. No. All I need is to be able to eat. Because, you know, we also won't have to pay rent and anything because nothing will work. So, so what's the after show clip? Would uh, you want to do uh, Ron Paul or Farage? You know, I think Farage is a slightly more entertaining. We can always do Ron Paul. Okay. So uh, this is Farage, and he'll be talking about uh, the crazy Europe and that there's no, uh, that everyone's a president, <laughs> which is kind of good. Um, for those of you who've been listening to this program all the way through, we I think we're up to like nine ten dollar donors now, John. I think we've doubled it. Wait, did you count them? Did yeah. you count them? I didn't. I don't have this. Let me look at the spreadsheet. You have uh, ten dollar donors. While John is doing that, the idea is if you sat here and you're one of the four or five hundred people who listened to the entire show live on the stream, was it worth ten bucks to you? Did you have a happy ending? If so, consider going to dvorak.org slash na. And hooking us up with 10 bucks. If everyone who was listening to the stream right now and listened to the entire program did that, we would be set. And uh, it would actually only take me three months to get the generator. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 out of 500. <laughs> What's the percentage on that? Low. No, 1% would be 5. So 3%. 3%. Maybe. 
And next, the next show, anyone who does this $10 gimmick, they get the opportunity to have a free uh, deck of cards. Yep. We're just going to pick one at random. Anyway, all of your uh, support for the show is highly appreciated. Thank you, students. Thank you to our artists who are always there with all the great stuff that really, uh, without good art, we have very little hope of... Uh, of a good showing of support. And we're going to go back to the C-SPANs. We're going to avoid all of the crap that the mainstream media is shoving down your throat, which has absolutely nothing to do with news. And I shall continue to put the final dabs of glue on my homemade drone. Coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower, Crackpot Command Center, Gibbon Nation West, People's Republic of Southern California, for as long as I can stand it here in the morning. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where it's going to be boiling hot today, and then the fog will roll in and cool things off. And that's your weather report. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Sunday right here on No Agenda. Co-President Nigel Farage. Freedom and democracy. Thank you. Mr. Barroso, you... You told us this morning that the European Union is an inspiration. And whilst you admitted to there being one or two little economic problems, you made it perfectly clear that jobs and growth were to follow, that everything's going well. In fact, you painted a vision that a new period of European renewal is upon us. Now, as a former communist yourself, you probably remember the old Soviet leaders getting up to give their speeches and telling everybody that there was a record harvest or that tractor production figures were terribly good. Uh, and, and they, of course, believed that history was on their side. Uh, in fact, President Khrushchev got up and said to the West, we will bury you. You know, so much did he believe in his own union. Well, now, of course, we look back at that and we laugh. And I think in our tomorrows, people will look back at you and they will say, how on earth did this unelected man get all of this power? And how did Europe's political class sitting in this room decide that the community method that the community method should replace national democracy. I think people will look back in astonishment that we've surrendered democracy. But what you want to do is to say, right, we have a European Union and what we're going to have to do now is have more of it. So as an architect, and you're one of the key architects of the current failure, what we're going to do, even though everything to date has been wrong, we're going to do more of the same. Now, I thought that was a definition of madness. I can't believe that is a rational response to any situation in which you find yourself. And, and far from it being a state of the union, I would argue that the union is in a state. Because just look at the confusion. We've got you as the president of the European Commission, we've got a President of the European Parliament, we've got my old friend Herman Van Rompuy, who is the permanent President of the European Council, we've got the Poles, they're now Presidents temporarily of the European uh, Council, we've got Presidents all around this room, goodness me, even I'm a President. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure, I'm not sure what the collective noun for Presidents is, perhaps an incompetence, I don't know. Uh, but certainly, when you take away democratic accountability, it's clear nobody really is in charge. And it's developing as a union of intolerance. Anybody that stands up here and dares to give a political view 
that is different to the received wisdom is written off as mad, insane, violent, fascist. We've heard it for years from these people. And the intolerance is so deep that when we get referendums in France, the Netherlands and Ireland that reject your view, you see it as a, as a political class as a problem to be overcome. So I'm very worried about the whole root of this union. There is a new nationalism that is sweeping Europe. You want to abolish the nation states, in your case Mr Schultz, perhaps because you're ashamed of your past, and you now want this flag, this flag, and a new anthem to replace nation states, and you don't care how you get there. If you have to crush national democracy, if you have to oppose popular referendums, you just sweep this aside and say that it's populism. What it's not is democracy. And what is sweeping Northern Europe now, starting off in April with that amazing result in the Finnish general election, is there is a new democratic revolution sweeping Northern Europe. It's not anti-European. It wants a Europe of trade. It wants a Europe of cooperation. It wants a Europe where we can do student exchanges, where we can work in each other's capital cities. It wants those things. But it does not want this European Union model. Frankly, you are all now yesterday's men. He does. He literally is like, did you learn nothing from what I went through? As I'm like smoking a hamburger. Nice. I think that's nice. Turn off your television. Dvorak.org slash N-A.